Talk Live. You can bring up anything toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are totally free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that is freetalklive.com. Shows about your calls. If you make them, we'll talk to you about anything you want. Otherwise, we bring up things that are interesting to us. Now, Mark, I know you've got a security-related story out of Japan, but first we'll start with one from the United States. USA Today reporting that the Transportation Security Administration has collected records on thousands of passengers who went to airport checkpoints without identification adding them to a database of people who violated security laws or were questioned for suspicious behavior. The TSA began storing the information in late June, tracking many people who said they had forgotten their driver's license or their passport at home. The database has 16,500 records of such people and is open to law enforcement agencies, according to the TSA. Asked about the program, Chief Kip Hawley told USA Today that the information helps track potential terrorists who may be probing the system by trying to get through checkpoints at various airports. So because you don't have your driver's license or passport or some sort of identification, you are a potential terrorist. Potential terrorist probing the system. Well, um, couldn't... I mean, the terrorists had all their uh, information. They they, they had passports. They had visas. They had uh, driver's licenses. I believe they did, yeah. Yeah. So... Doesn't this seem like faulty information? I mean, I suppose that a terrorist is as likely as anyone to not have identification, but what, I mean... That's looking at it logically, though. If you're looking at it logically, you'd assume that a terrorist is going to be able to beat the system no matter what they do. Well, it seems to me that this is just another excuse to harass people that might want to hold on to their privacy. Uh, because we know that uh, people that listen to this radio program have kind of made, some of them have made a habit out of flying without identification. Some of them have, they are offended uh, by the TSA and the security state, and they realize there's really not much they can do about the whole situation uh, as far as changing it is concerned. So in the meantime, they've decided to sort of make a statement to their own selves by not obeying all of the uh, the strictures, by uh, by successfully flying without showing identification, since that's what they want from most people, since it's not 100% mandatory at this point. Uh, Those individuals had made the choice to fly without ID, and now the TSA is looking to punish them for it by putting them on their own special list. Later, uh, Later Tuesday, Mr. Hawley called the newspaper to say the agency's changing its policy effective today and will stop keeping records of people who don't have ID if a screener can determine their identity. Now, remember, that was the other thing that changed recently, as I, at least as I understood it, was that instead of just letting you through, letting you on a plane, if you don't have the, uh, if you don't have an identification, so you're coming up to the TSA, they say, uh, can I... They say, have your ID out. You say, I don't have my ID or I don't have ID to show you or whatever. Normally, or what they would do before a few months back is they would uh, essentially let you pass through, but you'd have the super secret secondary search where they pat you down and they go through the extra rigmarole. Uh, But now apparently they are actually taking people aside to attempt to verify who they are uh, before the super secret secondary search before allowing them on the plane. So, so they made you it on. even stricter. Correct. They'll they'll still let you on the plane, but now if you if they can't verify who you are, your identification is going into this special list. 
So just a, a quick heads up here. Holly but if said, they can't verify who you are, how do they put your identification? I mean, whoever you say you are, they put <laughs> that guess. name in? <laughs> yeah, I guess that's it. That's I guess that's how it's working. He well, said, um, I, I I can see what you're saying. Maybe they take uh, maybe they take fingerprints. No, they don't take fingerprints. I, no, no they, if you're fingerprints on a file, yeah, they probably just ask. Holly said he'd been considering the change for a month. The names of people who did not have identification will soon be expunged. He said civil liberties advocates have been fearful that the database includes passengers who've done nothing wrong yet face extra scrutiny at airports or questioning by authorities investigating possible terrorism. Uh, the ACLU spokesman said this information comes back to haunt people. The TSA has been expanding an electronic database that started a couple of years ago to keep track of people who violated security regulations, most often by bringing a dangerous item to a checkpoint. The agency then began adding names of people who were questioned by the police, but not necessarily charged after an airport screener saw them acting suspiciously. So there are all kinds of names in uh, all I'm, kinds of databases. I'm on that list. In those cases, the TSA can keep records for 15 years of someone's name, address, social security number, nationality, race, and physical features, as well as identifying information about a traveling companion, according to a report by the Homeland Security Department Privacy Office. They say the database will still be used, but will not contain people's names who forgot their identification. Such a database helps the TSA spot patterns of activity that may indicate terrorist planning and refer people to the the FBI for possible questioning. Which, by the way, there was another article, I guess, today that uh, said the FBI is going through a real hiring blitz. They're hiring on, like, thousands of, uh, like, a couple thousand new people or something like I that. I saw that. that. Yeah, it it was sort of concerning to me. What I'm wondering here, though, is that I'm wondering what their end game is here because they're not, they're telling terrorists that if you forget your identification, or I'm assuming you say you forgot your ID and that's why you don't have it, mm-hmm. that you won't go on the list. <clears throat> they are if uh, they can't verify who you are. But they just said they you'll are go that, on the list. You if you can't be verified. But if I'm correct, they just said that if you had forgotten your ID, you wouldn't be added. If you to the if list. you've forgotten your ID and they can verify who you are. So if you're a terrorist, you just have to say you've forgotten your ID if you're probing. Because their original argument was that it could be terrorists probing the system. But if there's a way to probe and still not get on the list, and they're announcing that publicly. It seems to defeat the whole purpose. I, th- I think it's pretty clear that uh, they're not going to get rid of any damn lists ever. You're just the saying they're saying that. The government loves lists. Yeah. They do. I mean, anybody who's in charge loves to have lists. They love to compile lists. That's just what they do. And I, I don't see them giving it up at all. And, and, you know, call me a conspiracy theorist and call me crazy, but the government says it's going to give st- something up. I, I think the only thing we can hope for is that we actually drown them in information. Travelers without ID were added to the list in June after the TSA barred them from airplanes. The agency wanted to identify all passengers to check them against watch lists. Previously, passengers without ID could board airplanes after facing additional searches. The TSA head said that, or the spokesman said, they'll stop tracking people without ID because they don't automatically represent a security threat. The TSA will still keep records of people who go to checkpoints without ID and then give a false name to screeners. So how are they, I don't know how it is they're going to determine this stuff. How are, how are they going to determine you've given them a false name? Well, is um, it if they just simply can't verify who you are, and how will they verify? I, I imagine most people buy their uh, tickets on online via credit card. Would you say that's so? That's how I've done it. 
So, I mean, that's it seems to me to be a pretty a pretty good system for identifying uh, to some extent who who you're dealing with. Not really. You have a credit card in your hand. You could be anybody. You could be. Um and obviously in some cases my mom has bought tickets for me and in order to get me to come down and see her things like that. But um uh, you know, I'm I don't I don't know. I mean, you'd have to give uh, some kind of name. It, 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 hmm? It's not it's not foolproof, but what's enough? I'm not sure what the point is you're making. They have the they have some kind of identifying information. Yes, but they're not sure if it's you or not. They're not sure. No. Right. And if they can't be sure, you're going on the list. And if you're a terrorist, you could probably how could you go on the list if they can't be sure? I don't know. <laughs> That's what's confusing to me. That's what I'm telling you. It, yeah. it, it You know, none of it, it. None of this makes any sense yeah. at all. How about this? The name on the credit card is going on the list. <laughs> so if, if that's I'm, you, if it's you mom, on the list. If my mom buys a ticket for me and then I say I'm not going to give you my name because you're a stinking worthless you're bureaucrat that yeah. does nothing to benefit society. Mom's name's going on the list. Then my mother's name is going to go on the list. I guess so. Yeah, not not <laughs> unlikely. So beware. Just figured I'd give uh, our travelers a heads up that uh, well, you might be on a list if you aren't. If you didn't already think you were on a list, now there's uh, an even better chance that you're on a list if you haven't shown identification at the airport and they couldn't somehow verify who you are. And I'd like to know what that process is like when they pull people over and they try to verify who they are. They try to somehow glean that info. I, how do they do it? They, are you? Do they look through your wallet and just pull out your credit cards and look at that? Is that how they pull it out? Do they, do they look at your Blockbuster card? What do they do? 1-800-259-9231. Do they call references? <laughs> no, I, I really want to know. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. Talk Live, you can bring up what you want. Just dial toll-free 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. And you can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. All the features are totally free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. And, uh, by the way, those features on the site include updates. You get signed up. We keep you in the loop. Whenever there's something you need to know about Free Talk Live, just go to updates.freetalklive.com. Get on the list for free. That's updates.freetalklive.com. We go across the pond to the U.K. Dave is on the line. Hello, Dave. Hello, Hello. Dave. You're on the air. Hi. Uh, in the last show you did, you had a caller who was saying his buddy got caught for drink driving. Uh, do you remember that? No, I don't recall having a... Yeah, um, I, I, I do remember, because um, we were talking about... Uh, the. It wasn't his friend, it was somebody that his friend knew, and oh, okay. uh, he, he didn't feel too bad about, bad for him because it's not, it was like his third time. Right, well, you guys are in favor of getting rid of the state and privatizing all land, including roads, right? Um, well, I am. Uh, Mark I, is a, a little uncomfortable. I'm a ways from that. Mm, uh, well, kind of up in you the guys area. started talking about legalizing DWI. Uh, I had but, mentioned you know, that, yes. Yeah, but if, I think if you were in favor of, uh, you know, privatizing the roads, you'd be missing the point a bit um, because obviously DWI laws would disappear along with the state. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think your co-host, uh, Gardner, yes, sir. the nail on the head when he said that drink driving would be uh, less likely on private roads. Um, and this made me come up with a theory, and I just thought I wanted to know what you thought about it. Let's All right, it. go ahead. Okay, uh, right. In a stateless um, and private and free society, 
uh, there's a good chance that the market would demand less liberties. All right? There's a chance? So sure. Okay, so by that, um, by that I mean, uh, I want me and my family to be able to drive on safe roads. All right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Now, let's say I own a road, and I want to make sure that there's no drunk drivers. All right? I might have a breathalyzer stop at the entrance of my road, <laughs> and I might have patrol cars doing random stops just in case yeah. people were driving while traveling. On and it. I, on my private road, may have none of that stuff, exactly. and we'll see who has the most uh, passengers. Right, exactly, yeah. yeah. And then, obviously, you know, if, uh, if the consumer as a whole demands more safety, then... Maybe uh, my road would uh, do a bit more business than yours. Or you if they're demanding more convenience, charges, right? if they're demanding more convenience, then my road would do more business than yours. That should be an well, interesting exactly, situation. Exactly. exactly, but you know, who can tell what the t- consumer is going to demand? Because, exactly. You know, Certainly, uh, we can't uh, say for sure from where we are, and definitely the government has no idea. Exactly, but no, here's the point. Yeah. Um, if today, right, a government road had these same measures. That I was talking about on my road, mm-hmm. uh, you would be complaining that your liberties were being infr- infringed upon, right? Uh, that's correct, because I don't have any other road, options. Yeah, since it's my road and you can choose not to use it, you can't exactly complain. Certainly can, in the same way that I can't complain if you uh, demand that I take uh, my shoes off if I come into your home. Exactly. I mean, it's exactly, your private yeah. property. You set the rules. Exactly. That's the point. Yep, I'm with you 100%. Now, now uh, basically... Well, I'm trying to, the, the whole point of what I'm trying to say is, in the end, you might find out that you have less liberties in a free society than you have today. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. We've conjectured that on the show uh, you know, many times. It's, uh, what, what would likely happen is you'd have enclaves of um, higher, uh, you know, uh, geographic enclaves of higher security and uh, geographic enclaves of lower security. Sort of like gated yeah, neighborhoods yeah. have higher security because that's one of the things the people there are looking for. I myself have no interest in living in a society that is less free than we currently have. I, I, find, I find myself plenty restricted uh, today, uh, so I personally would not choose to live there. And that would be the nice thing about what we're talking about here is I wouldn't have to choose to live in that particular place. I could choose to live in a place where they don't have those restrictions and regulations on my behavior. And I think that would be great if people could make those choices for themselves. I, I totally agree with you. Um, what I would say, though, is me personally, I would, uh, I would like all those safety measures because I, I don't want my family driving on a road that I think, you know, there's going to be drunk drivers crashing into them and Very so good. forth. I'd, I'd at least like the warning, you know, to know that the road that I'm on could be frequented by drunk drivers. <laughs> um, and that way I, I'm, I'm a little more alert. Well, that, that warning applies right now to every single road Unfortunately, out there. Which, yes. which therefore lulls one into a, uh, you know... False sense of security. That, it absolutely does that. I, I agree that uh, I would probably want a certain amount of, um, you know, measures to, to take voluntarily. But, you know, there's, there are some industries uh, in America... Are you willing to take a breathalyzer before you get on the road? I don't know. My people about you if I'm not drunk, who cares? Me, I, mean, um, I would I would prefer not to have that in my vehicle as a component, like to start it up or something like that. Yeah. Those locks that they have. 
because you, I just don't know how it would malfunction. A little and, too oppressive. Yeah, I mean, well, I might I consider like it. If, because, you know, what if you're trying to get away from a murderer and you've, you've had too many yeah, drinks? Yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> you need to go yeah. Jason Voorhees <laughs> is coming after you. You've got to get that car started. <laughs> Thank you for the call tonight, Dave. Appreciate hearing from you all the way across the pond there. 800-259-9231. You know, there, there are some industries in the United States where one, uh, one can do better being bonded. For instance, if you're a, uh, a contractor. Now, I'm not sure how this works in every state, but I'm, I'm sure in New Hampshire, where one does not need a contracting license, that one likely doesn't need a bond in order to operate as a contractor. However, um, one as a contractor could probably get better jobs or more jobs. I would think the better jobs, not the not more jobs necessarily, be, by being bonded. Now, how's a bond different from insurance? Um, well, it, I believe it uh, is is cheaper. Essentially, you yeah. put up money. Um, you're putting it, uh, but you're not putting the full amount. I don't believe. No, nowhere near right. it. Um, it. It's essentially an insurance. It's a form of insurance. I mean, you put down a certain amount of money every year. I know that's how it works for real estate brokers, and then you're covered for a twenty thousand dollar bond might cost you two hundred a year or something like that. As a real estate agent, where would that come into play? How would um, what, 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 what is that for? What's the That's intention? pretty much because you're handling escrow deposits. So if you make off with the money, essentially uh-huh. pe- people are guaranteed up to a certain amount that it's sort of like deposit insurance. They're guaranteed that if they put down $20,000 that you make off with, <laughs> that they're going to be Got restituted it. for that. So that right. that was really the only reason for that bond. So that way they'd feel more comfortable dealing with a bonded agent than one who was not. Well, by law, you, ha- uh, you have to be bonded if you're a broker. In theory, if you didn't yep. have to, then that would be a, the choice. Right. Well, and you, I, have I, to, I you have to be because state law says so. However, right. there there right. are some, I'm sure, some industries where they haven't got their creepy little fingers into it, and some people choose to bond themselves and some people yeah, don't. Yeah, and even, even in a free marketplace, you might belong to, say, a trade organization that said you had to be bonded to be a member. I mean, I know mm-hmm. that the National Association of Realtors has its own uh, list of rules and ethics, and to be a member, you have to abide by those. You can do business at not being a realtor under state law, at least here in New Hampshire, but it, it, you get a lot of benefits by being a member of that trade organization. So I can imagine in a free marketplace, you also have those kind of trade groups there that would exert some kind of pressure. And that is it basically would be seen as a seal of approval to some extent. It is a sort of, it's an yeah. outside certification. certification. And uh, in the radio industry, there is uh, the, the you know a, a certification that I got is a CRMC. I'm a certified radio marketing con- consultant. Hey, nice. Um, so you can get uh, you you can take a little test and they you know, decide that you're good enough to sell radio. I know I haven't been certified for crap. 800-259-9231. Just a talk show host. Blab into a microphone and anybody can do that stuff. 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. More coming up. Your calls as well. Uh, plus, we'll check in with the Japanese airport security. I think it's air- Is it airport? Mark, airport security? Anyway, yeah. a Japanese security story here in moments. How easily was it to defeat the Japanese security system? We'll find out. It's Free Talk Live. Are you moving to New Hampshire for the Free State Project? Maybe you are already here and need to find a place to call your own. Mark Warden, the Porcupine Realtor, will help you find the perfect property. Do you want a home with 50 acres of land? How about an income-producing building? Perhaps a cabin on a lake or a condo in an urban area? Invest in liberty and property. Contact Mark Warden, Porcupine Realtor. See his banner ad at freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line. 
And it's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are totally free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Features including the wiki. Over 1,800 pages created by listeners just like you. It's like the listener-editable version of our website. Head over to wiki.freetalklive.com and get interactive. W-I-K-I, wiki.freetalklive.com. The Institute for Humane Studies is now offering free seminars over spring break. This March, join other libertarians from across the country for an intense and interdisciplinary exploration of classical, liberal, and libertarian thought. Participation is free. IHS provides housing and meals during the conference, and you can apply now to attend a seminar at the University of California, Santa Cruz, March 7th through the 12th, or at Emory University in, Mar- in uh, March 14th through the 19th in Atlanta. Visit LibertarianSeminars.com for more information. That's LibertarianSeminars.com. As we continue with your phone calls, talk to Dave, a different Dave. This one's in Athens, Ohio, listening to WAIS. Hello, Dave. Hi, guys. This is the bizarrest story I've ever heard. Hmm. What's it going happened on? In, huh? What is it? It happened in Jackson, Ohio, about hours drive from me, Angry Todd, four years old, allegedly shoots teenager. Oh, my goodness. How did uh, the four-year-old get their hand on the weapon? Well, the teenager accidentally stepped on the kid's toe, and he said he was going to get a gun, (laughs) and everyone thought he was going to get his toy gun, and he goes in the room, Pulls out a shotgun. What? He did. He How could a four-year-old even rack a shotgun? How well, could you? Means... How could the four-year-old lift the shotgun? I don't know. It's that's uh... amazing. This is a real story, huh? Yes. Wow. And then the and, and and they actually and the kid got shot. The teenager was shot. Was it? Did he die or she died? No, he's still alive. I mean, just it says. He entered his uncle's room, removed the shotgun from the closet. He indicated he loaded it and then walked back in the living room, pointed the weapon and shot the kid in the left forearm. It's a hell of a story. This is, uh, yeah, that's that's a pretty surreal story. There's no doubt about it. I mean, I'll take your word for it, but wow. So are they, I mean, are the anti-gun activists coming out of the woodwork saying, see, see, we told you guns were dangerous, we told you you shouldn't be teaching your kids how to use them? I mean, it sounds like this kid, if this is a true story, it sounds like this kid had had some level of experience with firing. You're a a screener said he heard about it. Yeah. That's amazing, Dave. Thanks for bringing that up. We appreciate hearing from you, as always. 800-259-9231. Wow. It's a strange story, but, uh, you know, the thing is, is you're... You know, when there's so many people out there, there's going to be some of the strangest stuff you can imagine happening. And I suppose it's possible. I mean, I guess Daddy probably taught him how to use the shotgun. I don't know. Like a four-year-old seems like the bad choice, but... Yeah, and clearly it didn't work out. Yeah, this, this is one of those uh, tiny little stories. At least I just did a quick, uh, quick Google search for it here, and there's not a lot of, not a lot of details. It's a fresh story just broke about 12 hours ago, and not really seeing too much here as far as what in the hell is going on. I guess you could have one of those four. Maybe I'm just, maybe I'm underestimating four-year-olds. I mean, I don't, I'm not in my mind. I don't really have it too together as far as how big a four-year-old should be. I don't imagine they're very tall or very, very large or strong. Well, I, uh, I mean, uh, the, the weapon could have been loaded. I mean, there could have been, been round chambered. Yep. Yeah. And if the kid knew enough to pick it up and unsafe it, unsafe it, or it could have been unsafe. I mean, some people don't it, it keep their be. firearms. 
in very safe conditions. Um, I, I assume a four-year-old could probably wield a shotgun from the hip or just kind of generally point it in the direction. He only hit him in the forearm, so he didn't do a really so he, great yeah, job. Yeah, he missed, so... Uh, I guess it's possible. I mean, <laughs> he missed because the guy lived. <laughs> yeah, the, the details basically say uh, what what Dave told us. Uh, they're investigating. Four-year-old has yet to be charged with anything. Charged with anything? They're considering charging the four-year-old with something? I don't know. He shot somebody. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I don't think that a four-year-old's really... I, you know, you if, think a four-year-old can go on a murder spree and not be charged with anything? I what if this that, kid started killing people out in front of his house? Think you should just get a, a slap on the hand? I Come think, on, Mr. Law and Order. How am I, Mr. Law and Order? <laughs> I think that in this case, um, they, he told the parents what he was going to go do and went and did it. And it, was, uh, it wasn't the parents, was it? It was the babysitter. He I, told the babysitter, I'm going to shoot you, and that makes it okay? So if I tell you I'm going to shoot you and then bring down a weapon and take care of you, that's, well, uh, that's you're all not right. Four. You're not four. I and see. I, I suppose that a child that, you know, I mean, I, I wouldn't let my child pick up a toy gun and shoot mm-hmm. someone after he got, like, in, in anger, even a fake gun, because that's not the answer to the problem. We need, you know, this is an opportunity to talk about things. So... You know, I, I, I don't, I, you know, I don't know what the circumstances were, but it, 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 there was some warning. Toll free number eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Here's a here's a story with a little more detail uh, from ONN TV, Ohio's channel for news. William Crisp got a call at work that he couldn't believe. His four-year-old was a trigger man. Crisp said he knew it was wrong. He'd seen guns loaded and shot before, but he's never seen the carnage it makes when it hits. He knows it now, said Crisp. The boy, Ethan, was mad that the 18-year-old was stepping on his toes. Uh, 18-year-old babysitter, apparently. Ethan announced that he was going to get a gun, which everyone in the room thought would be a toy. Instead, the 20-gauge... It claims he loaded the 20-gauge shotgun and fired. Ethan's uncle, Brandon Fisher, said, I was in the kitchen and I heard something go off. I dropped to the floor. I got up and heard my best friend say, call 911. Fisher was also hit with BBs from the shotgun shell, but he was not as seriously injured as the target, 18-year-old Nathan Beavers. Crisp said the family has hunted for years and guns are a normal part of their life. The sheriff said he's never seen anything like this. He said, we can't charge a four-year-old with anything. We'll talk to the prosecutor about possibly charging parents or the babysitter. He also reminds people that children should never... Why would you charge the babysitter? Uh, he also reminds people that children well, should never have access to guns in the home. After the shooting, Ethan knew he'd done something wrong and continually told the police he didn't want to go to jail. That is, it's it's crazy, but uh, well, for one, it it sounds like someone was the, the babysitter was having a good old time stepping on the kid's toes. Doesn't it sound like harassing that way? the kid? There was a room full of ki- uh There was a room, uh, at least several people in the room. There were at least two adults around. Yeah, and um. It's my understanding that they were actually other teens, because there was several other teens were babysitting several children in the mobile home um, in Jackson, Ohio. Where did you get the several um, from? Is that a different story? It's uh, I've got mine from wivb.com. Okay. And uh, you know, <laughs> so trailer park, <laughs> trailer park. Sh- <laughs> These shindig. problems have a tendency to solve themselves. Um, so you're saying just let all the trailer occupants blast away at each other, huh? Is that yeah. what you're suggesting yeah. there? I'm saying, look, <laughs> if you're stepping on a kid's toes and uh, that you get four-year-old, you get. yeah, like shoots you in the arm, yeah. and then you're chuckling about it sitting there on the uh, on, on the on the torn-up couch, and you get hit in the face with some pellets. Right. You know what, Mark? You're absolutely right. Now that I'm reading this and and understanding the story, because when I first heard the stepping on the toes thing, I I figured it was a mistake. I mean, why would you step on somebody's toes? You would 
normally that's an oops, sorry, uh, and it seemed like the kid was overreacting. But if indeed he was being tortured, if indeed that this babysitter was uh, was causing this uh, problem continually, attempting to step on this uh, four-year-old's toy, uh, toes, then I think that what we're talking about here is self-defense. In which case, yeah, maybe the baby should, uh, babysitter should be charged with some sort of an assault charge for going after this uh, little kid. I think that I also think that this problem has taken care of itself. The babysitter yeah. has now been had, had a shot a 20 gauge shotgun racked <laughs> and fired on him. And it just by a 4-year-old. By a 4-year-old. He'll never live that one down either. <laughs> Thank God. I'm glad he lived through it. Yeah. Cuz everybody'll make fun no of him forever. Need, there there do not need to be any charges yet. Yeah, just let it go. This Leave little, it alone. Uh, you know, um, the, the, these these folks living in an isolated uh, a bit of acreage in uh, Jackson, Ohio, in their trailer here, with the falling down uh, skirt around the side. Um, you know, they're they're solving their own problems out there. <laughs> I'm with you. Uh, I like it. Law and order. I've, we've got some good here solution. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. You can bring up anything still to come. Uh, how was Japanese airport security defeated? We'll find out. Was it a South Korean lady managed to uh, knock it out? We'll share that with you here in moments. 1-800-259-9231 is the number. If you want to bring up something, that's the point of the show. You can call in about whatever you want. This is Free Talk Live. Bring up what you want, toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site we give away. Now, if you like the show, you can help support Free Talk Live by voting for us. Head over to vote.freetalklive.com. Cast your vote for this month. It's a once-a-month process, and it's a very short one. It'll take you less than a minute. All you need is your email address, and it makes a big difference for us because being number one means more new people will come across this show and experience the message of freedom, and that's a good thing, right? In fact, I think Podcast Alley, I was checking some of the statistics on the website the other day. They're still in the top ten referrers to our website, so still an important website, even though it seems as though the voting has kind of died down over there, just in general. It seems as though things have sort of died off a little bit. Nonetheless, they continue sending uh, new listeners our direction because we continue to be the number one show, and we continue being the number one show because of listeners like you taking a moment and going and voting for us at vote.freetalklive.com. As we continue here with your calls, Tony in Nevada, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Tony. Hello. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? So what what if the government says, okay, you want to abolish the government? Okay, now we're a private entity. This is all my land. How do they? Uh, <laughs> how do they come to the um, to the ownership of the land? Well, how does anybody come to the ownership of land? Um, they buy it. Well, they we can homestead it from who? Um, well, whomever owned it. Well, who owned it in the first place? <laughs> Um, this this land, I think that one could probably make the argument that it, it is owned by the people. You're talking about governments. Well, what the, people? You're talking about the land government currently owns. Is that what you're talking about, Mark? Well, I, he's he's proposing a question, and I'm asking him how how the government would get the power to do that. Well, how does it get the power to do anything by the force of a gun? Okay, so um, at, at that point, it, I would prefer that because it would then, in fact, be doing what it is doing. It would be being honest about what it's doing. They'd be an actual out and out gang, and people would realize that. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Well, that makes sense. But. Um, 
That's a good answer. And also, <laughs> if, uh, you know, exactly, they'd have to essentially flash their violence at that point. Well, and actually, then people wouldn't be as, I don't think they'd be as eager to support this uh, this particular gang voluntarily as they have been. Because a lot of people support it. Uh, many people support it believing that it's, you know, it's the right thing to do. And they don't see the violence or they don't want to see the violence. So I agree that uh, revealing that would be somewhat valuable. However, I don't think we're just going to have the government all of a sudden do that. I think that what we're talking about here is a I think the government has done that. You know, what, what we're talking about here is essentially a process where people could come to understand what they really are and then uh, have things change and people's minds change one by one till we can get to the point where things are completely different than they are today. Well, you, you've certainly opened my mind. Well, I don't know if we did anything. We just uh, talked well, and you, you listened. Well, you helped in that process. Well, that's great. I appreciate that. And I, I think that it's it's up to each individual to open their minds. And then uh, if we can help influence you in the right direction, then we've done our job. On the other hand, though, I mean, people are going to lie still. I mean, who's, I mean, who's to say they, that, that has to, their violence has to be revealed? In other words, there's always going to be a disguise, whether there's government or not. I don't know. We're getting into a really obscure discussion here. I mean, if we're talking about the government all of a sudden decides to become a totally private entity and they still retain the roads and the few buildings that they own and the, the things that would be called government property. Well, that would, yeah. be, that would be awful, though, because they would essentially be in the monopoly. They would own all the roads. They would yeah, own but at that point, you could compete against them and they are large and ponderous. Well, I, I mean, How with things like control? roads, it would you're not going to be able to build all that many new roads. But they don't have the FAA at that point. How quickly do you think flying cars they have come the FAA. About. It's just private, remember? We're okay. talking about if they remain a single entity, essentially. But how can the FAA tell me whether or not I can fly? They Do can't. they own all the air, too? No. Okay. They have money and resources. They so could, so well, I, that, at that point, flying cars are, are um, you know, they're, it's ready to go, and 90% of the vehicles, on the, more than 90% of the vehicles on the road are passenger vehicles, not some kind of truck transport. So... You've got you've 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 taken a huge step forward towards freedom there. Well, and let's let's keep playing in this realm. I mean, we're talking about this kind of a really absurd absurd idea, uh, the idea that it just all of a sudden flipped to being a private agency. Well, if that's the case, then the gasoline companies that currently roads are allegedly paid through mostly by gas taxes. Uh, well, the gas vendors on the side of the road could just say, private agency? Well, I don't really need your taxes anymore, and go out to the pump, change the numbers, and make it so that it's the actual cost of fuel. So instead of a, a buck sixty-nine, it might be a buck uh, per gallon. And then, so the state's not getting that revenue stream anymore, which would mean they'd have to figure out some way as a private agency to utilize their road monopoly in order to uh, to get that money, which would probably mean excessive tolls. And I think people would be pretty pissed about that. I don't think people would really stand for that. So you're a, fast, you're a fast talker. I don't know about that. <laughs> Any other thoughts for us? But I mean, yeah. If if I can uh, get over my nervousness here, that's all right. Take it easy. And responding to you, but I mean, how do they do it now? I mean, what's the difference? In other words, how do they I'm do not, what now? Well, how do they enforce anything? Because we're all at the point to, of a gun. Exactly, and they'll do the same thing if whether it's a private or or a government institution. Well, that's why. But that's then, what's great. That's what's unique and great about the United States Constitution. At the heart of it, it lies the protection of our freedoms, and that's why I I, I don't think 
um, uh, not having a government is the answer. Well, except that the heart of the Constitution, even if there are protections of freedoms, it's just a piece of paper, and it requires action. It requires people to respect and uphold what it says. And the people that have sworn to do those things, they don't do it. And the the citizens themselves have done a a poor job. That's true, too. The thing is, the Constitution is a great document, no doubt. However, um, it was essentially the first try at a Western-style democracy or republic whatever you want to want to call it besides Rome or Greece um, th- this was the first shot and I think that it's pretty clear that it, it only lasted about 200 years and now we've it you know th- all those rights except for the third have essentially been compromised Didn't they violate the Constitution right out the bat right out the gate yes Probably. yeah they did the Alien and Sedition Act was you know yeah. a violation and it was considered so by the Supreme Court um, but you know, I think that I think the Constitution. It would be nice to give it another shot. However, giving it another shot in today in modern America, you're going to end up with a document that says something like you have the right to, you know, clean air. You have the right to, uh, you know, a college education. You have the right to medical care. You have the right to a Mercedes Benz. You're going to have all these other what they call positive rights, um, things that don't come from inside yourself. And I, you know, so I I think that the Constitution's failed or is failing and i think that uh, trying to get, to get another one would bring the socialists out of the woodwork and i think that if if what happened if what uh, t- what tony is suggesting actually happened and that is the government all of a sudden decided it was going to start acting on a voluntary basis even if it had a, if it retained a monopoly over roads and other things it would still be a far preferable situation to what we have today because we, as you were pointing out mark they already have a monopoly on those areas but if it was totally uh, a private agency then they wouldn't be able to extract various different taxes they're currently extracting from people unless they do actually go and wield guns in people's faces. And if they're doing that, then that makes them uh, subject to well, self-defense. I mean, I mean, there are other things they could do, though. If you have a situation where, like you were talking about gas stations, why they wouldn't pay the, to- the taxes that mm-hmm. they currently pay since it's a government as opposed to a private agency, the government wouldn't have to pull out guns. If they own the road, they can just... Put up a little curb right in front of that gas station, and suddenly, well, it sounds absurd, but if the tax revenue is better, why not just yeah. lay down some Jersey barriers and wait until the gas station owner caves? It wouldn't take that many days of not doing business. Yeah, I see where cave. you're coming from, but their revenue would, would could be down significantly. I mean, we're talking about restaurants that currently collect a seven or eight percent sales tax uh, would no longer really have any real feeling that they would have to collect that anymore. Uh, retailers that are collecting sales tax wouldn't have to collect that stuff. I mean, they, there would be all kinds of money that the state would be getting uh, if it was its if it had its aura of legitimacy. It would seem to me that if they became a a truly private agency, they'd lose a lot of that legitimacy and and hence a whole lot of the voluntary participation that people give it. And obviously, we're we're now talking about a realm of it's that a I don't big think is ever if. going to be a reality. Yeah, I, I don't think it'll if if there if we ever do do away with the government entirely, I don't think it's going to just flip formats into a single private no. monopoly. I think you'll see it essentially the government will stop working and multiple companies will come up with products and services to fill that gap on a voluntary basis. But I don't think you're ever going to see that scenario. It's an interesting thought It's a thought experiment. That's what we like. We like thought experiments on this show, and I thank you, for uh, Tony, for calling in with it. 1-800-259-9231. I mean, right now... Pretty good first call. I've asked, I've asked the uh, government bureaucrats straight out. I said, well, what's it going to take... The, one of the school board guys was on the radio here locally in Keene, New Hampshire, and I asked, I said, well, what's it going to take to get you guys to flip over to a voluntary funding model? And uh, one of the city councilors chuckled and said, ha, 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 probably not in your lifetime. 
And th- then the guy said, well, I don't know how we would raise $39 million on a voluntary basis. And I, you know, I didn't make the point that, well, if your schools are worthwhile, you shouldn't have any trouble. I unfortunately did not have the presence of mind to make that particular point. But nonetheless, uh, if they flipped over to a voluntary funding model, then I wouldn't have to spend $2,600 to support the government schools anymore. That would be super. More coming up. You take control. This is Free Talk Live. Hour number two is on the way. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. Just dial toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those on us. Those other talk show hosts want to charge you for accessing their site. We give hours away freetalklive.com. Lots to talk about here coming up. We'll talk about the Japanese airport security situation and how it was easily defeated by one passenger. But first, we go to your phone calls. Sean is on the line in Minnesota. You're on Free Talk Live. Sean. Hello, Sean. Going once. Sean in Minnesota. Going twice. Hello. Hello. You're on the air. You hear me now? Yes, sir. Go ahead. Okay. Yes, I want to get your opinion on something. This nonsense that 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 that's going on with with the Israel. Do you think the Rothschilds might be behind this? And if so, what role exactly might they be playing? And and personally, just a commentary on my part, knowing what I know about the history of this, I wouldn't be surprised if the Rothschilds were playing a role in this. Do you think they were over in the the West Bank shooting rockets into Israel? <laughs> Well, I'm not. I, I'm, I'm not. Not not, pers- not personally. No, not directly. Uh, but your your question it, is about the Rothschild family. It's a banking family, a fairly wealthy and influential family. Yeah. Uh, I have no idea. I don't know. I know that uh, a, a lot of the, from what I understand, a lot of the Rothschilds are really into uh, power and wielding it. Uh, so I don't really know what the ins and outs are of this particular situation, and to me, it's all uh, it, none of it really matters. Uh, my my position is that the if there's going to be a U.S. federal government, it has no business getting involved in other people's affairs around the world. Uh, of course, I'm not in favor of, of a federal government in the first place. So uh, for me, it's just you know it's just another question of should we be there or not, or should they be there or not rather? And I say they shouldn't be the U.S. government. I don't think they are actually. Over there, but they're picking sides, right? They're they're essentially taking a side in this. Yeah, well, they're, they're taking Israel's side, yeah. including uh, Obama. Yeah. yeah. So uh, so it's it's really uh, not something I I really know too much about. Nick, your thoughts? Um, no, I, d- I don't think the Rothschilds are involved. Um, I think that the U.S. does give a lot of uh, monetary aid to Israel, not and military aid. There is some training that uh, they assist in with the Israelis. Um, then again, they give money to Egypt and other Middle Eastern states that are sort of enemies of Israel. Um, so I think that the U.S. meddles in the Middle East, um, and I think that there is there's obviously a strong lobby that supports the U.S. giving aid to Israel, which I don't think it should be doing. I don't think it should be giving aid to any foreign country, especially one that tends to fight with its neighbors a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but quite honestly, even without U.S. aid, I think the problem would still be going on. It's just the U.S. wouldn't be involved in it because people over there know who's paying for the missiles. A lot of Americans don't know that American taxpayer money, if you're mm. paying taxes, 
is some of it's going to Israel, and a lot of those weapons that Israel is buying are obtained from the U.S. or other Western countries. So when that missile lands in your backyard, you're going to remember that a lot better than Americans who don't really pay attention because it's not happening to them. So it breeds a lot of resentment towards Americans. So I think we should just get out of it, and I don't really think the Rothschilds are involved. Any other thoughts for us, Sean? Well, the reason I I, I raised the question is because I've studied the history of that whole situation, and and it's documented that the Rothschilds were the ones who founded the so-called State of Israel. They were the ones who were behind the military action on the on, on the parts of the of America and Britain to take that piece of land. Would it matter if it was that particular banking family or a different family? I mean, does it really matter which individuals we're talking about here, or does it matter that the U.S. federal government just get the hell out of uh, other people's conflicts from around the world? I mean, what's the real issue oh, you- here? Oh, you, you've got no argument from me there. The, gotcha. uh, the, the American it seems like you're letting has... yourself get bogged down in minutia. I mean, because even right. if what you say is true... You, yeah, right, because people <laughs> could argue whether or not um, what you're saying about the Rothschilds is true, and that's not really the point. It doesn't matter if it's the Rothschilds or some other people right. in search of power. What matters is that we get, get, get out of other people's business. And if we did, then it would solve yeah. that problem, right? Right. I mean, if you're getting bogged down in who started the conflict, when and where, and you know which family is behind it... None of that really matters. It doesn't really have any effect on what it is we're talking about, and that is the ending of aggression around the world. I don't care who the aggressors are. They are out there, and we know that some of them have support from, uh, you know, from the banking industry, whoever those people are. And it's, it's those who are seeking power over others, those who would like to wield force over others. They must be opposed, whatever their name is. Thank you for the call. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Uh, speaking of uh, people seeking power over others, we started the show out with a story about the American airport security state, this police state that we've uh, we've seen just continually building and becoming more oppressive inside the American airports. And, of course, it's uh, begun trickling outside as well. But it's not just an American phenomenon, apparently, Mark. There are some serious Japanese restrictions over in Japan. What What's the story out there? Well, um, it, it it looks like they've got they've spent a whole bunch of money uh, on gizmos to catch bad people. This is from ComputerWorld.com. Japan passed a measure back in uh, 2006 to fingerprint and photograph all foreigners coming into the country because the foreigners are going to be the terrorists. There you, you know. go. Yep. Think Timothy McVeigh. They um, implemented a biometric system at airports that would compare fingerprints to a database containing the fingerprints of terrorists and other individuals barred from wow. entering Japan. They're a little further, a little further along than the U.S. Because they know what state. the fingerprints are of the terrorists, as mm-hmm. though we would have known um, on 9-11 what the fingerprints were of the guys that were going to do this. Yeah. But now that that system has been fooled by a South Korean woman, and this is really the reason, it's about Koreans. They don't um, like them in Japan? No, they don't who had been barred from entering Japan, now Japan was worried that this simple hack has been used by numerous <laughs> barred individuals. Forcing a review of all this anti-terrorism measures, at the, forcing a review of all of its anti-terrorism measures at the airport. So, how did she do it? Well, it turns out it was pretty easy. Though it, looked, um, though it took knowing someone on the shady side of the law, the South Korean woman was caught by immigration officials in Darn August it. of 2008. She told them that she had uh, gone to a broker who supplied her with a fake passport and some special tape with another person's fingerprints on the tape. Wow. 
when she uh, took right. So there you go. Two years. The marketplace had, had apparently the black marketplace. The, the black marketplace yeah. had become so mature that you could go, you could pay for a <laughs> fake passport and get some tape to put over your fingers. Nice. Yep. When uh, she she put the they covered her fingers with a biometric pad. It registered the fake pringer, fingerprint, which was not on the database of criminals. So instead of trying to determine the identification of someone for entry, Japan is trying to determine the ID to keep them out. Although I'm not familiar with uh, the workings of the Japan system, trying to prove that you are not someone is really not a uh, good use of biometrics. It uh, probably has some kind of fail-safe that makes sure that it is uh, seeing a real fingerprint. You can't burn off fingerprints or just put scotch tape over them. But unless the system has a database of every person in the world, then it has no idea Who that the are. fake fingerprints are not real. All you have to do is jack in with um, with the system in such a way that it doesn't pick up your real fingerprints. And she beat him. Well, she did, uh, apparently, until she got caught. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I, it makes you wonder how many people got through in the two years. <laughs> Where's and all the terrorism? The And, and <laughs> it just goes to show, once again, what, ten mil- t- hundreds of millions of dollars, tens of millions of dollars, hundreds of millions of dollars, perhaps billions of dollars spent on these you got to have the devices gizmos. at the airports and support. And, sure. and they were getting beat. And the, 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 right now, somebody's beating them with the same thing, because the just because the officials know about it. They can't, they can't do anything it, about sure. it. Um, and they're beating it with tape. And now it's a national, uh, you know, an international <laughs> story. Right, and uh, it's kind of, kind of reminded me of, uh, of course, we've seen video cameras popping up in cities all around the world, specifically London, uh, New York City, Chicago. We're seeing more closed-circuit television cameras popping up to monitor people, and as a result of that, there are people who've been figuring out simple ways to beat that system. And as I recall, uh, there was somebody that had some kind of uh, flashing infrared device, basically, that they would use to es- essentially blind the camera system from seeing seeing their face. Basically, you could put these infrared uh, devices in your hat or something like that. I forget exactly how they had it set up. And, of course, a simple way is to just wear a hat or wear something that will obscure uh, your identity. So all of the police state stuff can pretty easily be stopped with the pretty low technology devices and we've only I'm sure the uh, the black market has only scratched the surface uh, as far as ways to keep people's identities safe this is just the tape yep exactly 1-800-259-9231 that is the SACL CAI toll free line just more evidence it's security theater and not real security if you want real security well you should probably have a competitive security marketplace with multiple entities uh, competing and innovating but we don't have that it's just the government This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up what you want. Toll free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. It's 1-800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are totally free, archives included. So if you've missed a moment of the show, click and download. They're right there on the front page of the website for your downloaded convenience. Totally free at freetalklive.com. If you're thinking about starting a business, here's a word to the wise. Incorporate at LegalZoom.com. Incorporation can help protect you against frivolous lawsuits that could wipe you out. LegalZoom.com is fast and easy. They do all sorts of legal documents, patents, wills, trademarks, LLCs. You can use code FTL to save $10 off your order. That's LegalZoom.com. 800-259-9231. Across the pond again, we talk to Ziggy in the UK. Ziggy, you're on Free Talk Live. Right, I'm going to say this, and, and I'm pretty pissed. Right. All this Rothschild, Rockefeller stuff, um, New World Order um, bollocks, it is 
it's just a political correct way of saying it's the Jews. It's the Jews to blame for the world's ills. That last um, caller certainly, was, that is what he was getting at, although he didn't go far enough to really call him on it. Well, I, it severely pisses me off because, I mean, uh, the rise of anti-Semitism in this country um, is, 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 is being, you know, going up um, in the last few years. So basically, if you walk around with a skull cap in, in certain parts of the country, people are going to, you know, have a go at you um, for, for, for the, the acts of the Israeli government. That's awful. And as it goes, in this particular instance, the Israeli government, in, in some respects, was actually right, because Hamas had been rocketing southern Israel for the past two months, and it, the, the Israeli government hadn't done anything, they hadn't, bit, you know, retaliated. Um, but yeah, at the end of the day, they had no choice. They have a right to defend their borders. Well, I, once again, you get into the... I mean, how the, would you, you like get, it if Massachusetts started rocketing New Hampshire? Right. Oh, I'm not... I'm not I don't have... <laughs> I, I, I understand where you're coming from. I don't know what else to do. And, and, but yeah, it, and yeah, all the time, all the time. Any, I mean, the, the thing is, every other country in the world seems to have the right to defend its borders apart from Israel. Any time Israel does it, everyone starts bitching. And it really gets up my nose. I understand. Uh, you know, I, I do think that Israel gets treated unfairly in the uh, international arena. I don't think that people look at them the same way, and it's it's pretty clear that they wish that Israel just didn't exist. I I, I think that it's it's. It's obviously unfair and very heavy-handed to go rocketing back uh, at these folks in Hamas, but what else can they do? It's not like they have police on the ground and can go door-to-door and try to find these folks. There's really nothing... Well, they do now. Well, they, have they don't have idea. police. They have soldiers. And then how do they, who's going to? I mean, who's going to give the soldiers information at that oh, point? Israel you say pulled, uh, the Israeli military had pulled out of uh, Gaza in 2005. Right. Um, but since then, Hamas have come to power, and Hamas are nothing but a bunch of terrorist thugs, basically. I'll agree with you there, but I do have to say that so, the way that Israel has treated Palestinians in the refugee camps, uh, true, I can't true. feel I mean, too bad. I mean, as far as the state of Israel goes, project, the government, the I don't feel too bad for them. It's is, is basically just another form of apartheid, and, uh, you know, that is ridiculous. And it is, you know, I, don't, don't get me wrong, I don't think that everything the Israeli government does is right, certain, certainly far from it. But in this particular instance, everyone is condemning Israel when, in fact, they, they were just self-defense. Ziggy, thanks for the call. Thanks for the uh, the passion. Always appreciate somebody with a passionate opinion. We continue and talk to Rob, listening in Canada. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Rob. Hey, guys. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Well, I have a question about how the free market would deal with uh, drunk drivers. I mean, the way I look at it, the police uh, ride, stop checks, and, and you know, checking for drunk driving only does everybody a favor getting these chronic drinkers off the road. And, uh, you know, I mean... Wait a minute. Hold on a second. You, you actually that, think that checking people for uh, alcohol is doing anything to keep drinkers off the road? You do understand that people that get busted for their third DUI have been busted for two in front of that, and that frequently people that get busted for DUIs are coming in again months down the road because they got popped again, many of them driving when they had their so-called privileges suspended. So I'm not really sure how effective well, a DWI is at keeping people off the road. Chronic alcoholic, no, but I, I think to a large people, it's a deterrent. The pe- people that don't want to go to jail 
don't want to get stopped, be caught with too much alcohol in their system, and, and suffer the consequences. I would concur that it's a deterrent. However, I don't know how much of a deterrent. Have you uh, ever imbibed um, enough alcohol to be over the point zero eight uh, limit in most states? What, what, you know, during my teen years, yes. Did you uh, operate a motor vehicle? In my teen years, yes. There you go. I mean, but, I, I didn't however, deter, didn't, uh, I've done it within you. the last decade. I can tell you that. In in those days, I mean, that was quite a while ago, guys. And in those days, sometimes the cops would stop you and say, well, you just head right home now and be careful. Right. I mean, the, the whole attitude has shifted in society about that. That would not happen today. Well, but, that doesn't make it any less bad. Um, it, it, it was bad. All It's been bad all the time. Do you understand? Because society feels differently about it now doesn't make it any more or less bad. Are you aware of that? You're, you're right. Of course. It was wrong before. It's wrong today. But I, I think that because of the penalties are more stringent and there's more cops out there checking, I, I think it's going to take uh, a significant number of people off the road while they drink and drive. True, if not you believe, alcoholics. If you believe that strict penalties does anything to prevent people from doing things, then why not advocate death? For drinking and driving? Yeah. That should put a stop to it, right? Um, I like that. Is it California that has uh, the three strikes and you're out rule? That once you, uh, you know, I mean, if they, you had three drinking and driving incidents in, in California, what would happen to you? Well, um... I, I don't know what would happen to you in California. I can't answer. I'm not in California. I, I do have some questions, though, as far as, uh, like, sort of, do you understand that uh, some people at point zero eight are better drivers than other people and that this is sort of, um, you know, it's an, an arbitrary thing? an arbitrary thing? figure. I agree. And so that that's tough. And the way that they enforce it, I have to agree to some extent with my uh, buddy Ian here. I don't know that it's the greatest solution in the world, but I think that that cops should stop people that are driving erratically or poorly. Wouldn't you kind of agree with that instead, rather than just stopping everybody? Yeah, I don't like the idea of having wholesale stops, every single person on the road being questioned. Yeah, that like, I don't like. What if I get stopped and I get questioned and I say, you know, I think that uh, what you're doing here, officer, is it's crappy. It's wasting my time. I've got things I could be doing. And then the officer uh, proceeds to harass the crap out of me, as you know well, they, these, uh, these power-hungry type guys will. Yeah, I, I, I agree. There's a lot of problems with it. But, you know, the stopping every vehicle is the deterrent. Uh, the pulling over the, the people that are weaving, those are the guys that, that are men or women. Well, wait, I thought, you said that, I thought you said it was the harsh penalty that was the deterrent. No, I think, well, it is. But if, if you're going up the road and there's a ride check, stop check there, you know you're going to get stopped. If you're, you can't turn around, they're going to come and get you. So, so that's the deterrent that they are checking everybody. You know, at a certain place. I can see where you're coming from there, but if they can stop people for drunk, drunk driving, can't they stop you for suspicion of just wholesale stop everybody and search them, persons and effects? I mean, yeah. I know Canada doesn't have the same safeguards, yeah, no, but wouldn't you agree? Here. They, they, they can't do that here. Okay, but wouldn't you agree that it'd be better to live in a society where they can't just stop you for no reason and then completely search Not you or your car? Certainly on uh, any suspicion of a crime, no, I don't think they should be able to stop you. But drinking and driving is where I draw the limit. Say that's a good reason to have this yeah. type of... You know, the problem is, Rob, the problem is everybody has their pet issue that they'd like the government to really crack down hard upon. And so is the children. And uh, you know, what we've got today is a result of each individual's pet issue being put into uh, legislation and being cracked down upon, and we've got a total police state as a result of it. I'm going to hang on to you. We'll bring it back. Keep discussing this, though, in moments. More coming up. It's Free Talk Live. 
This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up anything. Dial toll-free 800-259-9231. And never brought to you by SACL CAI. It's 1-800-259-9231. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site we give away, so enjoy those, including the Shrine of Female listeners. Dozens of ladies have sent us their validated photo to prove they listen to the show. Head over to shrine.freetalklive.com and see what it's all about. That's shrine.freetalklive.com. SACL CAI has a full-orbed approach to account recovery. It's really three companies in one. They do collections, early outbilling, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL knows the way they treat your customer reflects on you. Their staff is respectful, they record every call, and they have the best equipment money can buy, so your business is handled as efficiently as possible. See their banner at freetalklive.com. That's SACL C-A-I. As we go back to Rob, listening in Ontario. Uh, Rob, we were talking about drunk driving, and your actual initial question, I don't know if we really got to uh, to answer. Your initial question was... Yeah, yeah. Uh, how would the free market... Uh you know, deal with drunk drivers and, and, and make sure that they're off the road if they can. It's a good question. I think that in the uh, the free marketplace, we would have different uh, different road owners and insurance companies would be competing to figure out what the best way uh, to keep their roads safe would be. Uh, perhaps some sort of uh, you know way of identifying who that person is and keeping them off the road or rejecting their insurance if they uh, if they are caught drinking and driving. I, I don't know exactly what the marketplace uh, would come up with, Rob, but uh, there there certainly would be some competition involved, which we currently don't have Rob I, I guess I have a, I, I have a question that uh, kind of we'll see where you're at on this right. now what if we could um, take everybody's uh, t- time on the road tomorrow and increase it by 50 percent but in the process we eliminate 50 percent of the uh, drunk driving accidents that will occur tomorrow so everybody in America, 300 million people, their time will be increased um, from, you know, like one hour to one and a half hours. Gotcha. And then the deaths a big cost. will be decreased from, uh, let's say there's 20 tomorrow. I don't know how many. Deaths and injuries will be from 20 down to 10. Good deal. Would you, would, would you be willing to do that? What do you mean increase their time? I mean, that, well, that's what the cops time. do when they pull people over is they waste oh, their time. I, I and they go through their of, crap. Because of the delay. And they hassle innocent people. Yeah, um, no, I I think that's uh, an unreasonable um, request. What about ten percent? Well, but do you understand that? Uh, uh, so what we're talking about is something on the continuum here. The cops are stopping a an amount of people. They are wasting their time. They are hassling yep. them. They are looking through their cars. They're attempting to find other things illegal. They they went over my driver's license. Hmm, New Hampshire. You know that we have to wear seatbelts in this state, right? Uh, that's what they said to me when I was in Florida. Uh, you know, so they hassle people and they waste their time, innocent people, and in the process, I guess they can claim to stop a certain small amount of, uh, of you know, drunks on the road from hitting people. Supposedly. With these, with these, uh, you know, it's, it's an you know. intrusion on civil liberties. There's no doubt about that. Okay. But I, I think the benefit is, is that uh, for a person that doesn't want to go to jail... It, it, it stops them from having that extra drink at the party or at the bar 
and then getting in their in their vehicle. How much intrusion is worthwhile? I mean, you Mark just asked you it would be a, a question with 50% increase in time to drive as result resulting in 50% less uh, drunk driving fatalities. So if that was not acceptable to you, what about 10%? If if it was a 10% no, increase I, in drive time for every single person on the road for a 50% decrease in fatalities, would that be acceptable to you? No, I, you know what? I I think like 1%. 1%. I mean, I mean, 1% now, for a re- reduction. Of years I've been driving. I've only run into three ride checks. But you know what? Does that make you be, feel unsafe? Do you drive mostly during the day? Because I've been no, through I, more I than those. No, I day and night. Yeah, I, um, I, I've been through more than those. Just uh, and and it, I guess it probably depends on your town, um, you know, yeah. where you are specifically. I've been yeah. I've been more than that, and I'm probably younger than you are. But I mean, if what you want is to dissuade people from drinking and driving, and this is what you were saying earlier. You're saying right, this right, is that's the goal. Right. You were saying that you're all right with uh, well, you like the idea of, of freedom, but when it comes to drinking and driving, you're okay with essentially a police state crackdown. And so, so what I want to know is, if it's all right to inconvenience people, and you're saying, well, it's no big deal because I've only been caught three times, it sounds to me like that's not good enough for you. Like you, I mean, ideally, if you want to keep people off the roads who are drunk, there should be checkpoints everywhere. Like you should have to go through at least one checkpoint while you're on the road in order to get to where you're going. Because otherwise, otherwise the guys can drink during the daytime and it, it, there's no way they'll get caught. The only ones I've ever seen have been at 11 o'clock at night or somewhere around then. So if I'm drinking at four in the afternoon, uh, there's no chance that I'm going to run into one of these uh, checkpoints. I, I, I hear you. I, you know what? So I you're would, arguing for an increase in checkpoints, uh, basically. I mean, that's not what you're saying, but that's no, but essentially you know your what? position. I, I could live with one a month. That wouldn't bother one me. One per month. But uh, yep. what if it bothers me, Rob? I don't like one a month. So you, you just want to babies dis- to die in car crashes, right? Mark. You get to well. <laughs> apparently, he does because he's not willing to take fifty percent. Right? He's he wants babies to die in car crashes because he doesn't want fifty percent increase for a fifty percent reduction. And, and it really, so that that you know that argument can be used against anyone. I don't want to have to stop every month for some arduous. You know, stop where some pimply-faced cop uh, who believes that uh, you know he's better than I am because he's uh, managed to make it all the way through the police academy. Um, you know, asks me a bunch of intrusive questions. So I, then, what? I, I hear you. I, I just think the overall goal of of taking drunk drivers off the road is worth it. What about I, the overall goal of stopping baby rape? How do you feel about that? Should we stop baby rape? Well, I'm serious. Uh, it's a serious because the only think, way you can no, do you it. Know what? Okay, let me let me be clear about this. I think there's more people that die as a result of drunk driving than baby rape. Well, well, you know, because you don't get to see the results of baby rape. Do you Maybe have they're just being molested instead of being sodomized. Yeah. How about molestation? Now let's 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 go a little lighter there and say baby molestation or children. Let's let's expand the uh, the, the vicinity to up to age seven. Uh, children under the age seven being raped or molested is that worthy of, of stopping? No. Well, what? It's not worthy Don't of stopping. Don't you have kids? How would they stop that by door to door checks with doctors exactly. sticking their fingers in your child's bum? That's how they would do it. Not necessarily because that though. It could be it, just door to door house searches. They could searches. just look at look in the cameras, you know cameras what? inside the houses. <laughs> right. I mean, the th- the fact it, is, it gets ludicrous. But that's what you're suggesting right. is, is ludicrous <laughs> intrusions right. on people's civil liberties. And this is going back to the point I was trying trying to make in the last segment uh, to yeah. you, Rob, is that your issue, your pet issue, something you're really concerned with, is drinking 
drinking and driving. And for Fair you, uh, for you, a pl- some sort of level of police state is acceptable in order to minimize that. For other people, their concern is people eating trans fats. For other people, their concern is baby rape. For other people, their concern is fill in the blank. All of these people have various different concerns. Some people, it's uh, you know, people saying mean things on the internet. I mean, so everybody has their concern over what people should or shouldn't be doing uh, with themselves, uh, and they're willing to use the government's force in order to uh, allegedly try to stop these activities from occurring. So when you combine all of that together, you don't just have the police infringing on people's driving ability. You have the police doing house-to-house searches. You have all kinds of regulations. You have all kinds of controls. You have the society we live in today. So if what you want is to be a free person... And I don't know if that's what you want, but if that is what you want, then you have to allow others to be free and make decisions for themselves. And yes, that would mean that allowing the private road owners to make their own decisions for themselves. And this kind of goes back to a conversation we were having in the first hour, and that would be that, well, could there be a private road where there's a lot of security? Sure. Could there be a private road where virtually no one is checked for anything? Sure. That's all possible in the marketplace, uh, and that's the that's the world I'd like to see. Let the market decide what levels of security are and aren't appropriate. Any other thoughts for us? Rob? Well, all right. So if I owned a road then, would it be okay with you that if uh, when I caught you drinking and driving, I impounded your vehicle and crushed it? I would say that if you had, if you'd made it clear that that was the terms of riding on your road and I chose to ride on your road, can't say there'd be a problem. Thanks for the call, Rob. That's fair. Take care. Thank you. 800-259-9231. I don't think you can spring that on someone, though, like, you know, all of a sudden let them know, oh, hey, by the way, you're going to be, life is going to be destroyed because you were riding on our road. I got to say that I think that, uh, you know, drunk driving, a reprehensible activity. Uh, I mean, I can't say that I've never been drunk and uh, been behind the wheel, but, you know, it's dangerous and bad. However, I think that uh, you know the, the numbers are arbitrary. The the enforcement is bad. We we get, you get a mess here. That's right. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. And we didn't even talk about what happens to the people who get DWIs. Their lives are ruined. Gives them even more of a reason to keep drinking. It's free talk live. Talk Live. You can bring up what you want. Just dial toll-free 800-259-9231. That's the Sickle CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site we give away, so enjoy those on us. And if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can become an amplifier for as little as three bucks a month. We take that money in, reinvest it into the show, getting on more radio stations around the country, bringing more internet listeners on board as well, and introducing new people to the message of freedom. So if that's valuable to you and you'd like to get access to certain perks that only amplifiers have access to, like the Ampli call-in lines, chat room, forum, and more, you can get signed up. Three bucks a month, any major credit card, PayPal, alternate options, all available at amp.freetalklive.com. That, again, is amp.freetalklive.com. By the way, quick update on an interview that we did over the weekend. We had Barry Cooper on the show on Saturday night. You can download that from the front page of the website right now at freetalklive.com. So if you were listening to the interview, you know that Barry is involved in a new venture called Cop Busters. We've talked on and off about it on the program over the last few months. As we've uh, learned, uh, some of our friends are actually involved in Barry's team. Uh, Jason from SACL CAI, Jason Osborne is uh, is one of the key crew members. Sam from the Obscure Truth Network also involved. And what they've done is they've brilliantly managed to pull a reverse sting on the Odessa, Texas narcotics squad. 
And they caught him red-handed, basically, raiding a house, thinking there was some marijuana grow operation there, when in point of fact there was not. And they did it on the flimsiest of pretenses, and basically they got caught on videotape uh, doing all of this stuff. So there's an update in the case. Barry has apparently been keeping a few secrets close to uh, close to him in regards to the Odessa Police Department, because he actually used to work for them, apparently. Well, he worked with them. With them. Yeah. And uh, one of the things that he has revealed now is that one of the investigators, Richard Dixon, uh, owns one of the FLIR cameras, these uh, forward infrared devices that essentially detect... I say it FLIR. FLIR? But that's how I've heard it said. But I one, of, one of these devices that they essentially will fly over houses with a helicopter and... and or they'll drive. Or, yeah, or they'll drive by and they'll try to identify who's possibly growing marijuana. Now, it's illegal to do this, for the police to do it. But, of course, we all know that, well, the law and what it says doesn't really have much effect on what the police officers actually do. And so Barry is now revealing that he had purchased footage from this illegal FLIR camera from one of these police officers, Richard Dixon. He has uh, the, the checks copies of the checks that are necessary to prove that this man actually received the money for them. And this is actually apparently the same guy who was in many news articles about Barry and his video never get busted and never get raided. This guy was coming out against Barry. So at one point, uh, on one hand, he's speaking out against Barry, calling him a traitor. On the other hand, he's taking money from Barry and giving him video footage to use in the videos. And Barry has uh, evidence of all this, just as one example of how corrupt these police officers are down there. He's now let this cat out of the bag, so to speak, and I guess we're going to see where all this goes. But Barry's also hinting that he's got even more uh, details that he's yet to release about the corruption. I don't see any problem with it. It sounds to me like, uh, you know, the, the guy could very well... He's a well, hypocrite. The guy could very well have been, uh, f- felt like he was acting like a heel, um, you know, like in the, in the wrestler sense, you know, helping Barry out. I mean, he's essentially a friend of Barry's, is he not? I don't know if Barry's saying he's a friend. Friend? I mean, you know, like in, in the loosest He's a business terms, associate, perhaps. He's done business with him. I mean, maybe he's like, eh, yeah, that, that Cooper guy's bad news. He's a traitor. You know, I, yeah. you know, I don't know. I, I, I read it, and I wasn't left feeling all dirty. Well, the guy's saying one thing and doing another, and it's just evidence that these cops are two-faced. Seems clear evidence to me. Anyway, I figured I'd bring that up. It is hypocrisy. Yeah, I'd let you guys know what the latest was on that case. Hey, here's a little bit of good news. You know, from time to time, uh, there are good things to report out there, and this is one of them. It's it's a little obscure, but well, let me get into the story, and we'll make the point. Sold-out movie thwarts Biden. The story from Delaware Online. Now, I mean, you wouldn't think this is news, right? This story, he's a heartbeat away from the presidency, but that apparently didn't help Joe Biden get a movie ticket Saturday night. Employees at the Regal Brandywine Cinemas say the vice president-elect and his wife, Jill, tried to attend the 745 showing of The Curious Case of Benjamin Button at the theater on Concord Pike, but left after they were told the movie was sold out. There's been no confirmation from the Biden camp, but the theater employees say they're sure it was him. Ice, uh, Mr. Muhammad, an associate manager, said she closed her. Mrs. Muhammad said she closed her box office line when she saw what appeared to be a Secret Service agent coming her way. The man asked her about tickets for the movie, which stars Brad Pitt, then left. A few minutes later, she said the Bidens came into the lobby. 
Jill Biden walked uh, walked up to speak with Muhammad while Joe stood nearby. She was asking me about other shows, but they really wanted to see Benjamin Button, Muhammad said. He was maybe five feet away looking at her. He was standing with his other Secret Service men. Remarkably, none of the other moviegoers appeared to notice. Employees said nobody mobbed Biden or called his name or asked for an autograph. He is the vice president. That's true. He is the vice president. But I think this is positive news in that... Sorry, vice president-elect for those who are really picky because right. someone's bothered by that. Good good point. Good point. Uh, I think this is positive news. There's a little more to the story, but I think this is positive news to show that Americans, regular movie-going Americans, are not as interested in politics as the news agencies in this country might have you believe that they are. I mean, because if you look at the way the reporting or maybe the news agencies might want you to feel about these uh, politicians, if you look at the news reporting, it's so uh, they're just lavishing these politicians with attention. They talk so much about them as though they're so important. They uh, the things that they do lead the news stories, their headlines. uh, It's usually the top of the page, what the politicians are doing. And so they act as though, the news agencies act as though this is just the most interesting thing to, uh, to Americans. Clearly it's interesting. Look, we put it on the front page of our newspaper. It's the lead story at, uh, you know, the news, uh, at 10 o'clock news at night. Uh, so if you just watch the news or read the news, you'd think that most Americans have some level of obsession over things political. Yeah. But yet when the vice president-elect... Joe Biden shows up at a movie theater. Not only do, does nobody recognize him, with the exception of a handful of movie employees, or if they recognize him, certainly nobody gives a damn. They might recognize him, but they're not going up asking for autographs or going up trying to talk to him like they might. If I tell you, if Brad Pitt showed up at that very same movie theater, you can better believe that people would be behaving differently. They'd strip him naked. Right. They would so, tear every stitch of clothing off of the man, and uh, somebody would care, try to carry him off into the bathroom and do him. So it's good news on the, fir- the uh, on one hand that the patrons were not doing anything in regards to acknowledging his presence, and it's even better news that Mister uh, soon to be Vice President was unable to finagle an extra pass, like some sort of uh, you know extra seat in the theater to get into the movie that he wanted to go and see. So he's not well, the American it's royalty. Out, though it's it's sold out. I mean, it's not really like a hotel. I don't think where they keep the executive suite open. I mean, if it's sold literally sold out, then there are no seats. But it's the but well, it's they could the, they could very well have gone in and kicked someone out. They could have done that, or they could have just gone in and put a little chair in there, and let him go and sit. I mean, if they wanted to. What I'm saying is they didn't treat him as the royalty that you would have uh, the media would have. Imagine you believe if that there he were is. two seats left. Imagine what it would have been like with the Secret Service agents. I, I mean, oh you know, yeah, Joe, Joe Biden and his wife have to maybe sit separately, maybe sit together. Maybe, you know, <laughs> uh, the in Secret a packed Service, theater, it's probably separately. Uh, likely, it would be. Um, and then the Secret Service agents is trying to figure out what's going. Oh, there's uh, you know somebody. Somebody's going to try to kill the vice president. I I don't know. It, it would be a real mess. Right. So, All I can remember about Joe Biden is that speech that he gave at the uh, convention, at the, con- the we, radio convention, the radio convention. And my favorite favorite part was uh, the, the 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 luncheon was bought by Air America, and I think that this was 2006 when they hadn't gone bankrupt twice. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> they, uh, the, so Rachel Maddow, who whom I thought was very good in the interview, and I think that she's, she's, cute. A, she's talented. Um, she's not interested in you either. You or I, I can assure you. I could care less. Um, 
the anyhow Couldn't joe biden us. um he at the end the, the interview the sort of planned interview thing that went on upstage so uh, boring it, it, it was he uh sort of turns it into a, a speech like he he a stump he, speech yeah, yeah he, he turns it into a some stump speech maybe the, the last five minutes or so and then he at the very end of it Stands up and raises his hands above his, uh, you know, like to, to uh, above, sort of above his head to the side. A very politician yeah, kind of like a Y from YMCA kind yeah. of uh, uh, motion, and ex- expecting the room to, to, ah! <laughs> to jump up and applaud. And you're talking about, I mean, this is the room's full of Republicans. This is a uh, this is a, it's a talk radio, radio it's a right? talk radio yeah. convention. I mean, most people were muttering their way through this, and the I, the, the hubris of this guy and. He seemed completely undeterred when he got just a smattering of applause. This, this, you know, people kind of felt obligated to clap for him a little bit. But it was, it was so weird and surreal watching him jump up there like Caesar and you know get no recognition at all. So I just think this is good news because I mean, if you if you watch the inauguration and uh, God, goodness, I'm not going to watch it, but I have uh, encountered details from these before. The news media fawns over the political class as though they are our betters. They fawn over them as though they're special, uh, as though they're American royalty. They talk about the things that they dress in and you know, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, all this just nonsense, this filler nonsense. And I just think it's good news to know that the American people could give a flip. More coming up, or at least some of them. It's Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. We're launching an hour number three, and you can bring up anything. Just dial the toll-free number, 800-259-9231. The number brought to you by SACL CAI. That's 1-800-259-9231. It is Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. And if you're looking for more liberty-oriented audio and video content, head no further than freemindstv.com. Nick is the one of the hosts of the show, Free Minds TV and Free Minds Radio, and both of them are available completely free to you via either podcast or YouTube. And in fact, I think you're on a handful of other video-sharing websites. You can see them over at freemindstv.com. As we continue here, uh, your calls are the primary element. Otherwise, we go to things that are interesting to us. Mark, you've got something that's a little bit different, uh, more in a personal realm of topics. What do you have for us tonight? Yeah, I, I just I just love this title. It's uh, Seven Steps on How to Stop Being Needy. Hmm. <laughs> it says, have you ever been like just- needing cocaine? No, 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 like sort of needy inside of a relationship, like relationship. or friendship or something. Hmm. Have you ever been described as needy or Where's this from? clingy? It's from uh, wikihow.com. Got it. Stop being needy. Um, do you get so excited about a new friendship or relationship that you bom- bombard the other person with attention only to find out that they distance themselves from you? Hmm. <laughs> do you find yourself wanting to call, text, or email someone a whole lot more than they contact you? Everybody um, has, you know, some friend who has some friend who sends just texts constantly and just bombards them with them. And I've got to say that uh, probably in the younger set, I would say, I don't know if too many uh, people over the age of I'm not saying that every, everyone has somebody like this. I'm saying that somebody's heard about this guy, this this gal, yeah. this person. Not just text, but I mean, in the past, it would be like you're saying, making phone calls endlessly, uh, trying to show school. up at work or whatever. Yeah. 
And this isn't necessarily for just for for people who, you know, suddenly got into a relationship. This wasn't somebody you necessarily picked up in a bar. It can be friends too. And I think that texts have a additional sort of uh, thing to them that that's bad. If you send texts to people who you don't know, you don't know what their plan is. So you may be charging that person a dime for every text that you, because uh, I know that that's what my plan I was. I thought it was two point. cents. I, it, my, at one different. point, my plan was ten cents. Yeah, I don't know what it is now. I have them blocked because I. You, you know, can block text messages. You can block all text messages. How the hell do you do that? You just call. You have to call them. Yeah. So mm-hmm. unfortunately, it doesn't tell the people that sent the text mex- messages that they have really? the, that you know the phone is blocked. But yeah. you know they'll figure it out at some right. point. <laughs> <laughs> but um, anyway, you you may be charging that person ten cents to receive your text message. Right. It seems wrong to me. It's, I don't it like should that. be that the sender gets charged and the receiver gets nothing. In the same way that a letter is sent, but whatever. Right. It used to be, as I understood it, it used to be the sender was charged like ten cents and the receiver was charged two cents. But then again, plans are different, and who knows what, what plans it is are today. different all over the place. And that was a while back that I looked yeah. at that. Okay. If so, you've probably figured out that that ne- um, neediness is a uh, turnoff to most people. Uh, where it uh, where excuse me, where is it coming from, and how do you get rid of it? Well, steps here to take get rid of neediness. All right. Number one, slow down. Now, you'd have to realize that you were needy. How many people who are needy realize that they're needy? I don't know, but um, they did say if people are telling you... I see. You, you, like if, if a new relationship sort of starts up, whether it be a friendship or re- relationship, and then uh, that person distances themselves from you, um, and, and there's going to be some... In, inside of these uh, the steps, there's going to be something for everybody, everybody if, mm-hmm. if nothing else, not to appear needy. Um, Got it. And, you know, it kind of gives some social interactions. There's some etiquette in here, and I like it. I, I like the whole thing. Okay. Slow down. Every relationship develops at its own pace. Don't fast forward to soulmates or best friends forever just because things feel great. Best friends forever have been best friends forever. Uh, you know, you've got a friend, that's great, and things are going well, that's fine. But, you know, watch out with the BFF thing. It's just a, you know, it's... it's to declare such a thing at the beginning of a re- relationship, yeah, you're saying? It's, it's awfully quick, wouldn't you say? I'd say. Because it'll... Hasty. The the relationship will never be new again, so don't waste that. Cherish the novelty of it all and the excitement of having something new. It can be nerve-wracking not knowing how a certain connection is going to unfold, but it's also exciting. Be patient. Learn how to savor that excitement. Don't try and push the connection into a stage that it's not ready for. Sometimes that I can, I've, I've, you know, I've dated women, so uh, <laughs> this is my experience is that um, women will uh, push it off. Um, you know, let's have a talk about the relationship. No, let's not have a talk about the relationship. I don't need to have a talk about where the relationship is going. The relationship's going wherever the relationship's going. Mm-hmm. Thanks. Anyway, number well, two. Well, that means they want more commitment, right? It it Usually. seems. I, I, Ian, I don't know what to tell you about what that means. I th- I would think that that's what that means. That conversation. You've never that, had the conversation. Um, I've certainly had the conversation when I was uh, silly enough to answer questions like that, but I stopped answering questions to which an answer is not going to benefit me. Um. So I, I just don't. And, and when someone asks me questions like that, I answer with, sorry, there's no answer here that's going to benefit me. I could lie to you if, uh, if you know, I, I could make things up that may or may not be the truth right now that could benefit me, but I'm not willing to do that to you. Mm-hmm. Let's just go and see how the relationship goes. Another question uh, you should never answer is how many people you've had sex with. Never, ever, ever answer that question. Two. 
Number two, take off the rose-tinted glasses. <laughs> what, did you answer the question recently, Nick? Uh, no, I did not. I just thought that... How many people have you had sex with? How many people... That, there's no answer there that can benefit. <laughs> there absolutely isn't. There's not a single one. He's a quick learner. If, if, you've, had, if you've had sex with... Uh, uh, you know, think, think about how you feel about me, Mark Edge, radio talk show host, if I say I've had sex with three people. Now, think about how you feel about me if I say I've had sex with 300 people. Those numbers, large and small, um, and, and people fact, feel differently about right. Them. B- people feel differently, and they're going to be thirty is going to be large to somebody, and thirty is going to be small yeah. to somebody. So, how do you feel about those things? Neither one of those feelings that you had were particularly positive. Okay, um, even if you were, you know, wow, that's really great. Three hundred, you've got scabies. Uh, I mean, <laughs> you know, it's none. There's no answer to that question. That's good. Do not answer that question. Number two. Take off the rose-tinted glasses. Part of the reason that we get disproportionately excited sometimes is because we tend to idealize a person in the very beginning. What, what, what do you got? To... Nothing. No. <laughs> you... Oh, and Nick was answering the question silently. Pri- privately to Ian. <laughs> Don't answer the question. When you need someone, need someone who you have a connection, and when you meet someone um, you have a connection with, it's easy to get lost in fantasies of how awesome your friendship or relationship might be. Those fantasies come with high expectations, and sometimes those expectations can be unrealistic. So if you this, – this really is true. When you get inside of a relationship and you build this fantasy figure behind the real figure, the real figure is not going to match up. Mm. I guess the fantasy figure is built in front of the real figure. The, the real person can't match up. And you know, I'm sorry. I want to go back to this, the uh, how many people you slept with question <laughs> because because I don't really care what you think of how many people I've slept with. I understand. I don't care what you think. You don't so care. I have no problem answering that question. Right. I'm telling you that the best you you have to deal you have to operate in a world where of seven billion people are getting there, um, where people do care about you as a person. Is that not so? Like you know. Okay. Right. Yeah. Um, so, to some extent, greater or lesser, how everyone feels about you is important. Uh huh. And I'm not sure if that's really an issue that has any bearing on anything important. Uh, well, uh, so. okay, well, hold on just a second. Well, let me let me go a little farther. Um, let's say that for second for for whatever reason Julia's out of the picture, um, and you have to you know go back on the old dating circuit never been there but okay go ahead well you have been whether you cho- choose to participate in the dating circuit or not but okay um you, you were on the market available as yes were. all right now the way that somebody might feel um, th- this is a d- direct situation the way that a girl might feel as a result of those numbers c- can be you know uh, you know p- positive or negative depending on what the number is and i say that the fact that you'll do better with just not revealing the number to any of them than you would by revealing the number and then having them think something I don't negative. know. I, I think you could uh, – I, I don't know if you'll necessarily do better. I mean, I see where you're coming from, but at the same time, if uh, if the, the question is asked and I answer it and she's not satisfied with that answer, that's her problem. I understand where you're coming from. However, you're, what you're, you're, you're idealizing everybody. You want everybody to be um, you know, where you are and have the, the, the thoughts about everything that you – have and that's just it's not realistic. I don't even see how that's relevant. I if if I want to have a relationship with somebody that is an honest relationship, I don't really see the value to withholding information like that. So I've I've got to disagree with you on this. We'd love to hear your thoughts at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll free line. Should you answer that question? 
how would you respond to that? It's Free Talk Live. Talk Live, you can bring up anything via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line for you. You can bring up whatever. You can answer our question as well. The question is in regards to uh, the a question asked frequently in relationships or beginning relationships. Have you? How many people have you had sex with? How is, uh, how is it appropriate to answer that question in your mind? Should it be answered at all? Do you have some obligation into the relationship to the to, to the people that? And I think that there's been sort of with the AIDS scare that there's been created this obligation where you're supposed to 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 go down the the litany of people that you've had sex with in the past decade to the uh, to the the partner. And I think that this is absolutely a bad idea. Uh, I, I don't think you should uh, have to reveal this. Uh, to me, it seems trivial. It, it seems trivial. I mean, as long well, as you're clean, that seems. To, I mean, if if the issue is if you're asking because you're concerned the person might have a disease then that can be remedied by going and getting tested right everybody to make sure let, let, let's the two of us go on down to the uh, you know doctor's office get us get ourselves tested if beyond that, that it's if trivial that will make you um, happy however people get really wrapped up in how many people have you had sex with and I don't know why but well yeah, you don't know why, I guess I don't. And, and that doesn't change the fact that some people get very, very, very wrapped up in it. I think that uh, I think that you're better off just not revealing the information rather than. Uh, but uh, then, wouldn't you come off in that particular case as being less than honest or less than forthcoming never, with the truth? It has never, uh, for me been a detriment to any kind of relationship because uh, i always answer i'm you know I, I there there's no i make a joke of it you know <laughs> there's no answer here that i can give that will benefit me in any way shape or form and then i do the thing that i ha- just did on the air where i said imagine the number is two imagine the number is 200 how do and you how feel each of these times and they don't now, know if you're telling the truth either right well i can tell you the answer is neither two nor nor 200 so um you know the, the you ask them how they feel in those instances when you give them those uh, those those you know caveat those numbers and then they see oh this is a really crappy question to be asking people um you know the the thing that you kind of have to uh, think think about girls for instance um if you know suppose the girls had sex with 150 dudes at age 25 hmm. that's a lot of guys right do you have a feeling about that ian <laughs> i just uh, i just want to know if she's clean that's apparently all apparently you have a feeling i just want to know if she's clean that's all i'm concerned with um don't you feel some kind of rivalry um in any way do you no. does it bother you that she might have had sex with a whole bunch more people than you have not really I thought it was interesting. I saw Will and Grace one time. Woody Harrelson. I know he's a he's a favorite of yours. What? Um, Woody Harrelson. Why would he be a favorite of mine? He's a pot advocate. Okay. There are a lot of people that advocate pot. Go ahead. Woody Harrelson was uh, playing the boyfriend of uh, uh, Grace, whatever her name is. Uh, I, I can't remember. And they were comparing these numbers, and apparently um, the first question sort of asked was how many, as the quantity uh, matters. And uh, Grace had had sex with, I guess, uh, 27 people, and uh, Woody Harrelson, the character, I don't know what his the character's name was, had had sex with three. So Grace kind of pranced around, you know, for half the episode, sort of 
you know, feeling like Queen Bee, she, she's been far more successful. Not that it's any kind of comparison between guys and girls because the dynamics that go into having sex for guys and girls are entirely different. A yep. woman could have sex with a new guy every single day if she chose to. I know what you're saying, ladies. You're saying, oh, no, you can't. You just have to lower your standards, ladies. Um, yeah. Whereas guys, it's not as easy. You, I mean, lower your you, you could lower your standards really far, and then, you could buy a prostitute. Yeah, yeah, you, you could pay for it, and that that would be a different thing. Of course, you're as likely to go to jail. Um, but anyway, then so they gave the number of how many people they'd had sex with, and then about halfway through the episode, they gave the number of how many times they'd had sex. Grace had had sex pretty much once or twice with each the person. Twenty-seven people that she had had sex with. Right. These, are, these are characters on TV, so you know, don't, it doesn't mean anything. Whereas Woody Harrelson had had sex with thousands of times with each partner. Yeah, and. So who has more experience? Now who wins? Yeah. Right, now who wins? And so it, it really does show that there's there's no there's no competition here. Uh there's there's no good right answer. Um, I agree with you. There is no good right answer, and I think it could be an interesting discussion, but to simply just uh, pawn off the question, I don't know if that's what you want. I had a friend um, who, you know, whom I was close to through, for most of my life. As a matter of fact, you met him, uh, Ian, and he had had sex a couple, couple, several years ago, with uh, 300 women, he had a, a, oh you know, my goodness, quite a, had sex with quite a few women. However, I had lived with this guy at one point, and I can tell you that it wasn't quality we're talking about here with yeah. this one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, you know, a, a number in and of itself is, isn't very valuable when you and you can't compare. You're not pa- comparing apples to apples in any instance. If if you think that that's true, then start thinking about uh, you know you throw prostitutes into the mix, um, throw you know ugly easy women into the mix, and all these things, and it doesn't really you know the, the numbers aren't fair. Men and women they can't compare compare numbers fairly. Um, I remember that I had a girlfriend who, you know, this was the last time that I made this statement, who thought that it was really great that she'd had sex with more people than I had. I mean, what are you competing against, lady? You I was win. in prison for nine years. I mean, if that's the way they feel, then good for them. You, know, but, you but, win. Congratulations. Right. It's a biz- but it's a bizarre thing. And, and who wants to feel like they've lost anything? I didn't, I, didn't like the, I didn't like the feeling I had when I felt like I'd lost some competition hmm. I didn't know I was having. Um, and then start thinking about gay men. I mean, you know, that's, there's going to you know, throw your numbers all off, too. I can't compete with a gay guy. I can't. How could you? <laughs> So and I can't compete with some guy who's willing to lower his standards very low. So none of these numbers really matter. Also, I, I have a question about uh, the Mile High. I'll club. let you ask that in a moment. First, uh, did you know that over 35 percent of IT admins admit to snooping through their boss's email? Shouldn't your business email be secure? PrivacyHarbor.com is an email alternative that's private and confidential, guaranteed. PrivacyHarbor.com because normal email is not secure. Go ahead with your question. Privacy Harbor is a, a great example of how. Good advertising can be for your company on Free Talk Live. Um, we've really done. They've been raving stuff. about their yeah, results, right? Um, as a matter of fact, they want me to go out and find other venues that would be like us to advertise on. Wow! I don't know how I'm going to do that. <laughs> um, anyway, so my question about the Mile High Club. You know what the Mile High Club is? Yes, you are. Uh, you have sex with somebody in an airplane bathroom whilst in flight. It has to be in the bathroom. I guess not. You could do it right out in the seats, but if it's a public plane, odds are good you're going to be in the bathroom. You have to be in an airplane. Could you do it while skydiving? It sounds difficult, but I suppose you could. Okay, great. Now, um, <laughs> now that we've uh, now, uh, just out of curiosity, can I do it in Denver? That's a mile above sea level. 
That no, I believe that's it has not to be the intention. Yeah, the, the, the mile... intention is on the on the jetliner, in my opinion. Yeah, the it, mile has to even, be actually even skydiving. I mean, that's just more of a stunt. I wouldn't call that the mile high club. You don't think that you don't think that being uh, I don't part think of the mile high club is a stunt. You could do it on Everest too, and then you're seven miles high. I don't think it actually had to do with altitude. I thought it was more the challenge of it's just getting a silly away name. With it okay, great. I, I just I just have some questions here. personally. That's now, my what take on constitutes it. sex. I mean, uh, uh, to me, I've heard lots inter- of intercourse. Intercourse? Yeah, and I would agree with Ian. So um, at that point, you have to uh, vaginally p- penetrate a woman. Okay, yeah. Or man, I, I suppose. Yeah, well, I well, he doesn't have a vagina. Is. Um, <laughs> or, or, or be penetrated, I suppose. Okay, so that good. That, that Great. That, that takes out uh, oral sex and all that stuff. But how long do you have to remain in there, and does anyone have to have an orgasm for it to be sex? Because I know I've had yeah, sex and not had question. orgasms before. It's a good question. This is, the, do these things not bother you? I mean, even no. you've never considered these. I don't ponder the Mile High Club in my spare time. I guess I'm I've got sure my own opinions on it. I don't think about what other people. Well, we'll come back and find out in moments. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. We'd love to hear your thoughts as well, or you can bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free. But if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just three dollars a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. Just dial toll-free 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are totally free, so enjoy those on us, including the bulletin board system. Over 400,000 posts await you. There's a lot to talk about there, from serious issues to fun stuff. You'll find it all free at bbs.freetalklive.com. That's bbs.freetalklive.com. Uh, so, oh yeah, by the way, I want to tell you about the Liberty Forum, New Hampshire Liberty Forum, coming up March 5th through the 8th. We will be there, broadcasting live, as we have been for the last two of two. This will be the third, and looking forward to it. It's going to be a lot of fun. Hundreds of liberty-loving people all together at the same hotel for the same convention. Uh, panels, big-name uh, big speakers, people like Glenn Jacobs, Kane from the WWE, Mary Ruart, David Nolan, David Berglund, so many uh, names that are big in the liberty community. You'll be able to meet a number of these people, and you'll be able to network with hundreds of other like-minded individuals and meet some of these wonderful activists that have moved here to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project. The Liberty Forum is a presentation of the Free State Project, which is a brilliant concept to move as many liberty-loving activists all together to the same geographic region, and that region was chosen to be New Hampshire. Hampshire. So come on up. Use this as an excuse to come up and see New Hampshire right in the middle of the wintertime and also meet the great activists that are making this movement uh, the amazing liberty movement that it absolutely is. And come up and, uh, and enjoy the networking opportunities, the panel discussions, the keynote speeches, after-hours parties, and more dinners, luncheons, etc. It's a great time. Go get registered at freestateproject.org slash libertyforum and use our discount code to save 10%. The discount code is 2009FTA. 2009 FTL saves you 10% on the uh, 2009 Liberty Forum. Yeah, I'd like to make a comment real quick about uh, some of the really great liberty activists that are up here um, f- you know, for the Free State Project and uh, that we all uh, sort of being a, a big community. Um, I've gotten so many baby things that I haven't had to buy nearly as much as a normal parent would have to for uh, Jack. And we now that Jack's locomoting, 
we needed a little gate. I asked, um, somehow or another, a friend found out that we needed a little child gate and not only had a child gate that I could borrow or have, but in fact came over today and installed it because it's one of these attachable ones and it wasn't going to be that easy if they just handed it over to How me. How do you know you're not getting special treatment just because you're the host of a radio show? I couldn't tell you precisely, um, but they, you know the evidence is, is I was over, uh, I helped Sam move in over the weekend and there were more people in Sam's move in than there were at mine. Well, Sam's a big TV star. I mean, he's uh, he's. What the, do you mean, big TV star? He's the, oh, wait, I mean, he's a YouTube, YouTube star. You, anybody can be a YouTube star. Not it. Well, anybody could, but not everybody is. Well, I, I Sam. Put, I'm just being critical here. You're right, Mark. The free the uh, the free staters are an amazingly uh, just giving generous group, and uh, Brian Travis, one of the people that calls this show, certainly doesn't have the same profile as uh, as Sam does, and he had a bunch of people come out and help him build a barn recently. Yep. So. Uh, there are lots of instances There's and examples. There's certainly a value in building one's brand. And Brian Travis brought out my girlfriend's cat when he moved. That's true. He's moving some of his stuff, and she's a free stater. So. Right, so he, he did that for somebody he had never met before yep. at all, knew nothing about, and did it. Yeah, there, I mean, there's definitely a support network there, even if you don't have a radio show. Yeah. So. Yep, they're an amazing group that is uh, is just they bend over backwards to help people move up here. It's it's just incredible. I mean, Sam loaded up his truck full of stuff on his way here, and it must have been very difficult for him to get that truck loaded. But it wasn't so difficult for him to unload it because, as you were saying, Mark, there were what maybe fifteen people there. Well, it's certainly more than helped him uh, load it. I can assure you of that. Yeah, and it was undone. It was undone in like it an might hour, have been 15 an hour and a half. Or 20. Yeah, it was amazing. And all of these people just giving of their own free hour time. Hour and a half, man. You're, I think you're pushing it. There was a lot of big stuff in there, but, but I don't. It, a lot of people it went giving really quickly. A lot of people giving of their free time because, well, they feel like it's it's a way to help people help encourage people to move here and help them get settled and feel more welcome. And really, it does. It it must feel uh, wonderful uh, to have that Plus many it's people nice show to have up. People to hang out with on a Saturday. You know, you can go um, for an hour or two. Uh, have some friends to hang out with, eat some pizza. It's it's a fun time. So it's a great group of folks. Come up and meet some of them in person. Hundreds of them will be at the Liberty Forum, freestateproject.org slash Liberty Forum. I believe that early bird discount, by the way, will be ending soon. So get registered sooner rather than later. Now, Mark, we were talking about the ways in order to avoid being needy in a relationship or to stop being needy in a relationship. And somehow that spun off into a discussion of the Mile High Club. And you had somewhere you wanted to go with questions on that. Well, I, I sort of... I wanted to know what constitutes membership in this uh, fictitious Mile High Club thing. You know, I mean, people talk about it as though it's some kind of uh, thing to be achieved. And I, you know, I, it, it I seems like... I don't care, I care about well, it. Yeah. I, 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 I've, I've actually, I've seen it in the book of like 101 things to do before you die. So I guess if you want to be able to have an interesting <laughs> story that you don't want to share in polite company... I guess it's an interesting thing to say. Hey, guess what I did one time? But but that's other just than that, that. Why would anyone care? Like that's just the kind of sexual braggart uh, bragging that is just. I, the, there are a lot of guys that try to one up one another in this area, and really, uh, I just don't get it. Like I don't care where you've boinked another person. I don't care if it's been over a dumpster up on top of the Empire State Building or whatever. Your orgasm is no better than mine, and it doesn't matter the, the location that you had it. He's, I'll agree he's with so you. so much fun, isn't he? Yeah, I, I mean, I'll agree with you, but 
I can see why some people would want to do it. I don't have any desire to do it personally. It's not like on my oh, list I can of things see why. to do. I can see why they, they would do it. I mean, there are certain people who have sort of a fetish with having sex in semi-public locations. I just want to be able to say that I've done, uh, it, you know, whenever anybody says, oh, I've done this, I, I like to be able to say, oh, yeah, me too. I, I just, yeah, it, it is. It's. I've been I mean, to most major monuments in the United States, but you haven't had sex at most major monuments. No, no, I haven't. And you know, but, uh, I, I think that there's a there's a continuum of of membership in this Mile High Club thing that needs to be you know sort of fleshed out. Uh, I think that okay. Well, d- don't you? I mean, no. Well, go one, ahead. One can You're claim, welcome to it. One can claim membership in the Mile High Club with uh, you know some uh, some very quick BJ sort of uh, scenario. Wham, we're there. Uh, or somebody. I would th- say the other continuum is you would have to actually meet the person on the floor light and then do it that way that would be the other extreme how about the cockpit club yeah that's going to be a very exclusive club one yeah i don't even know if that club exists but i just made it up just like somebody made up the mile high club i'm i'm sure it exists because Um, somebody has uh, pretty much any public place you've been somebody has done it there However, the mile, kind of the, gross the, the mile High Club has uh, it, it, it has the best PR of all these uh, sort of. I'd say places. so. Yeah. All right. Do you want to get back to the uh, seven things you can do to cease to be needy? Yeah, please. please. Okay. All right. Well, and soon they're going to have the Low Space Orbit Club because that's going to get more popular yeah, very that, quickly. That will be yeah. a big one. All right. So uh, number three on how not to be needy is practice quid pro quo. Imagine that your interaction with this person, this person would be a friend or a relationship. I have to sort of reset. It's been <laughs> it's been two segments since we uh, were reading this. Is like a tennis or a volleyball game. Every time you initiate contact, you you throw the ball to uh, to their side of the court, and then you have to wait for them to send it back. You don't toss a whole bunch of balls just to make sure that he or she is still interested in playing. If you're a little on the needy side, you probably get nervous and worried while you're waiting. When this happens, take a deep breath. If you've already gotten in touch with someone, sent them an email or a text message, or gave them a call and left a voice message, there's no need to do it again. Whenever you do get the urge to contact them again, remember that there are only a few uh, possibilities here. They haven't uh, had a chance to respond to you. Either they don't uh, didn't get your message yet, or they've been too busy or preoccupied Could to be get in the hospital, back to you. If, uh, if you trust this person, then you have to give him or her the benefit of the doubt and assume that this is the case. Give it time. Um, give them time to get back to you. If it becomes a pattern, though, consider these other two possibilities. This You're pers- needy. <laughs> this person is fickle. Some people just aren't good about maintaining friendships or relationships, and t- sometimes they're lazy. Sometimes they're forgetful. If sure. you suspect this is the case, um, like if they've always say that they're going to catch back with you in such and such a time, and they never do, and then this happens several times, confront them about uh, using. Um, confront them about it using nonviolent communication. Why would you use violent communication? If the pattern doesn't change... Verbally, don't be be confrontational about it. If the pattern doesn't change, you need to either walk away from them or accept that they might never change and you'll be forever locked in the role of a nag. Being frustrated with not being able to communicate. Sure, 800-259-9231. If they're not giving you the... The respect of returning your communications is a serious problem in that in that relationship. 1-800-259-9231. You can bring up what you want. I'm not saying who has the problem. That would depend on the circumstances. Your co- comments. It's Free Talk Live. Yeah. 
This is Free Talk Live. You bring up anything, just dial toll-free 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are totally free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. And if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, there's an easy way to do it. And you'll get the stuff that you need for life at the same time by shopping at Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. Whether it's groceries or books or DVDs, whatever it is you're looking for, Amazon probably sells it. They've got 41 categories in which you can shop, free super saver shipping on a whole bunch of items. And you can feel good because not only are you getting a great deal on the brands that you trust... Because you can also review the, you can read uh, user reviews on the things you're looking at buying. That's another great feature of the site. So not only are you feeling good about your buying decision, but you're also feeling good because you know a, per- a percentage of your purchase has gone to Free Talk Live when you enter through Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. Again, that's Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. Uh, as we continue discussing the six ways to stop needy relationships, six ways to avoid needy, what, what was it? Stop being needy. Stop, stop being, being needy, needy, essentially. Got it. <clears throat> well, this is, uh, there, there seems to be some sud, uh, subcategories under practice quid pro quo, and that's a Latin phrase for this, for that. Um, they just aren't interested. This is, you know, why people are, are not, uh, you know, responding to you, contacting them. They're over just, and over again. Yeah. yeah. They're just not interested. It happens sometimes for a variety of reasons, but one thing is for sure, showering them with more attention will never change their mind. Persistence is not the answer. Pulling away may be their way of jumping ship without confronting you. Any prodding from you won't change the um, the way that they feel deep down inside. You know that. If someone doesn't have the decency to respond, they're not worth your time. You deserve better than Absolutely. that. And, <clears throat> and by the way, I think that it's... Uh, reprehensible it's 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 bad behavior to have to let somebody contact you and contacting and contact you and not to contact them back and say look i'm not interested in whatever it is that you're interested you're leading them on effectively you know i mean obviously they they need some social acumen here i mean sorry but you know it's it's you'd be better off everybody be better off if you didn't like this and you do like them contacting you over and over again if you didn't you would contact them and say you know Whatever it is, we're done. Um, because, but you like the attention. You like being, ah, yeah, I got a stalker. Uh-huh. <laughs> Look at me. If you had a stalker, your pet would be dead and shoved in its ma- in their mm-hmm. mailbox. You don't have a stalker. You're, bo- you're leading someone on. So, you know, tell the person yeah. who needs a little help with this what's going on. Break up with them. Whatever. I agree with that, yeah. And, and I, you know, I, I think it's, it's just not nice. And I try to give this advice to people, but it's uncomfortable. We're taught to avoid uncomfortable situations. and we're, I think that's a problem. Be. I agree with you completely. If you've got something that's an, that is an issue, there's nothing better that you can do than getting it out into the open and having an adult conversation about it. Yep. The, the whole idea of just avoiding it is really, I think it's very juvenile. It's very, very childish. Um, more advice on how not to be needy. Get busy doing other things. People who are busy simply don't have enough time to be needy. They're always preoccupied with other things. And guess what? Those other things often make those people more interesting friends and romantic partners. Mm, if you true. have nothing better to do than wait for someone to call or write you back, then you're probably bored. And you know what they say. If you're bored, you're boring. So... What are you waiting for? Go volunteer. Go get learn to dance. Go go for a run. Learn to oil paint. Join a club. Put yourself out there. Apply yourself and have fun. All your worries will fall away. And if and when the person gets in touch, it'll be a delightful surprise, not a frantic relief. 
I I totally agree with this. I had a situation I've told it before on the air, but I I think that it bears telling again. Um, a girlfriend of mine was going to that I'd gone out with a couple of times was going to break up was going to break up with me. She'd I asked her out on a date like the you know third fourth fifth I don't know whatever date, um, and she basically said, "Well, let's have a talk first. Hmm. I said, "Okay," and um, I I think I. You know, after we got off the phone, I went and took a nap, and I never called her. I, you know, I did, was, intended to never call her again. Why? What's the point? She didn't want to go on a do- date with me. She wanted to have a talk. What does that mean? It means she wants to break up. Why have the conversation of breaking up? I've had that conversation before. I don't need to have it again, and I don't need to have it with her. Well, what ended up happening was because I chose not to have that conversation with her, um, she suddenly becomes she got interested again she, she, she became needy it's that's what they call in sales the the takeaway close yeah and oh I, that's okay i don't need your business <laughs> right and all I of a sudden showed, they want you and i showed her that uh you know the the the, the whole idea of uh, going out with you was was great and everything until you said you know it was pretty obvious that you didn't want to and eh, i can live with i can live without you um and changed everything ended up living with the girl so the takeaway close that? worked in that particular instance i'm not saying it was a good thing it worked number five Fill the cap. Odds are, if you struggle with uh, neediness, you're probably a little lacking in the self-esteem department. You might be looking for someone to make you feel better about yourself. But the fact is that you are the only person who can do that. Absolutely. You shouldn't base your happiness on someone else. Sure, it's okay for someone to make you happy. But if they're your only source of happiness, you might become angry or sad when they're not around. I think that... That this, can be very demanding of the other person. I think this is a very uh, weak sort of defeatist mentality. The idea, and, and a lot of us just say these things without necessarily maybe even thinking about what they mean. Phrases like, you make me so angry. No, no. I didn't make you angry. You responded to whatever it was I said or I did in a certain way, and that way that you responded was all in your choosing. So I didn't make you angry. You could say that, you know, the things that I did influenced you to become angry, but the, it was your response to the things that I did. Uh, do you see where I'm coming from on that? I, I don't do. know if I'm explaining it very well. I, I, I think you're doing just fine with it. Uh, you're responsible for your own emotions and Absolutely. how you react to the outside world. And don't pawn them off on the other person because but, it's not their responsibility. At the same time, I can, uh, I, I can see – I'm thinking about it from another angle, which is there's people that are out there that are in um, you know, serial relationships. You know, they go from one, relation, one long-term relationship to the next one to the next one. Essentially, it's probably a vast majority of the young population is out there you know, in that two-week – two-month period between their relationships or in a relationship. And then that's how that go- That's how life goes in America. Okay. Um, it's, you know, serial monogamous relationships um, over and over again. And I think it's somewhat unhealthy. I think that... Having uh, relationships over and over? You yeah, mean? like that. I think that, uh, you know, the dating around is, is better. Um, I think that... Wait, it, I'm confused. In a lot of... Oh, you, you mean like the, the, that, that the person will find the next... Whoever's next and just yeah. glom on? Next. Is that what you're... Yeah. As a matter of fact, yeah. I've had somebody say that to me. I... Uh, you know, I want to be next. Uh huh. <laughs> you know, and it's it's you're saying disempowering. Date, you're uh, saying date around and then make a decision as right. To who I should don't be think next. you grow as a person um, if if in in some ways that there's you know there's some part of you that's atrophied and not uh, not not adult if you just jump long term relationship to long term relationship to long term relationship. Now that doesn't mean that what I'm saying is, is that you need to break up with the person that you're going with now. But if you end up single sometime in the future, mm-hmm. take yourself a year or two 
without being any in any kind of serious committed relationship to sort of you know go out there and be human again um, to be well, wait you. a minute what's inhuman about getting into another relationship with somebody i mean if that's what someone wants to do you're saying well wait we should wait two years well wait a minute you only have so many years to wait so maybe that's not their priority it, it may not be their priority i just think that uh, I, I i think that it it shows uh, I mean, some area where you are yeah. lacking. It seems like people are just desperate to jump into another relationship. They don't right. want to be single. Part of this because whole they're concerned. You know, they want to be. You know, whether it's the sexual aspect or whatever, they like having some significant other. But I would I would agree with you, Mark. It's it's better to date around if right. you have that if, opportunity. You know, if you jumped from a long term relationship um, with someone else and then jumped into that long term relationship with me, what does that say about me? It says that I'm the next available person. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, uh, like, oh, there's a taxi with its light on. I'll take that one. Taxi, taxi! Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, that's yuck. Yuck. Um, uh, you know, uh, the person needs – you, you need to be able to stand on your own before you're going to be in a relationship with me. That's, that's kind of how I feel about it at least. And I, I think that it's kind of sad that one um, – it's, it's, it's sad and it's, uh, it, it's sort of desperate looking. Next up. All right. Um, actually, it's not next up, uh, but you know, I can I finish it. Finish up with fill in the gap. Okay. It makes them uh, feel guilty or obligated, um, even resentful uh, towards you. One way to get rid of neediness is to prove to yourself that you don't need anyone by doing things by yourself or being single, being for, independent, yeah, yeah sure. for an extended period of time until you feel confident. But um, like you want a best friend or a significant other, but you don't definitely don't need one. Number six, learn to trust. Once you sort out what's going on inside, you can deal with any issues that you might have in relation to others. Neediness is often associated with a shortage of trust, sometimes a fear of abandonment. When you find yourself doubting someone's feelings for you or the loyalty, ask yourself why you don't trust them. Is it because they did something questionable or is it because someone in your past hurt you? Now, you um, think that this new person is going to do the same thing? If it's the latter, then remind yourself that it's not really fair to judge one person by another person's actions. Now, is it? All right, we're done for tonight. It has been Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. And you can bring up anything any old time you want to, whether it's uh, the issues or something personal. It's always good to have personal issues. Glad you brought that in here tonight, Mark. Uh, More coming out tomorrow night. You can join us online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronic, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com.